0: This is the one with a crusty old coot
1: A rusty old Dalek A trusty old ship A dusty new ship And a glass half bill
2: It's called Twice Upon a Time Here Here we go go.
0: (laughs) I think you'll have to patch in one from a previous episode Yeah, maybe
2: Whistle on our epic phrase All
0: through time and all through space Whistle, being an angels now Darling, cyber, Zo and wow Counting Sonic's rating apps From the poor to the sublime
1: Eccles and Whittaker Let's agree it's about time
0: Who
2: back when? Reviewing mm-hmm. on you who there is Who
3: back when? Subscribe and rate mm-hmm. on iTunes please
2: Rose and Donna Amy
1: Pond
0: Rory Clara And beyond Join, Join us on this honor See what other choice could there be But
3: who back, back
0: when? when? Who back when? when? ladies and gentlemen and all in between and beyond welcome to another face meltingly cell burningly good episode of who back when a doctor who podcast Oh, Oh, that's right i have two lovely and delicious co-hosts with me tonight the first (laughs) is coming in all the way from berlin and her name is why it's marie hello world Hello world indeed. If you're not listening to this with the rest of the world, what are you doing? Go outside, everybody's brought snacks. In Oxford, <laughs> there's another. He's laughing right now, you know that laugh, it can be, only be the one, the only. It's me, it's Leon. Hello Drew, hello Marie, hello Podcast Land. Hello Leon, I am Drew, yes that's right. <laughs> Spoilers. So tonight we are reviewing Twice Upon a Time. At last! We got there. At Capaldi's last. That's right. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. I'm getting a little bit of moche. You've seen it all before. You've reviewed it all before.
1: (laughs) Yes, and I would like to take this opportunity to say thank you very much, Drew, for reminding me that I had reviewed this once before because I had (laughs) forgotten about that. But now, in preparation for this episode, I have re-listened to that review. So thank you.
0: (laughs) So we can promise mostly new content. And not half-hour discussions of... What was the thing about the brandy? And who did what in which order? And was that a paradox that took down the universe? No, it wasn't. Marie, this is our first time. What it is. What fun.
2: Are you, are, oh my are, goodness. are you looking forward to it? Yes, I can't wait. I'm very excited.
0: Well, let's get time. on with it and get into a B-scow then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Let's do that. <laughs> Time for us to synopsize Flurbify and summarize So take a view And, and grab a breath And, and a hand hand listen hand to hand this hand overview hand This free-for-all We, we like to chunk of who chunk of who.
0: Still doing his Time Lord Kegels, the 12th Doctor is adamant he'll hold back his regeneration midstream for at least one more episode. In fact, he's contemplating never regenerating again. Stumbling out onto the Antarctic snow while no one's watching, just for drama, he encounters not William Hartnell, aka the other curmudgeonly grey-haired Doctor we know and love, himself, also picturing Rassilon on a rainy day.
2: And
1: Mark Gatiss as well of course, because this is the end of the Doctor Who era in which you couldn't swing a cat out of its timeline a split second before it Dies without hitting Mark Gators. It appears someone has frozen time and caused some sort of IT error that has placed all of it in jeopardy. Bill also happens to be there trying to prove to 12 she's the real deal as transparently as possible.
2: Glass avatars from the distant future, you see, freeze time whenever literally any person anywhere is about to die. And in blatant disregard of GDPR regulations, grab a copy of them to store in some sort of columbarium. And that's actually a decent blurb to encapsulate this. The very last episode featuring Peter Capaldi as the Twelfth Doctor. So, B Scow and Twelfth Doctor, over. You, you are, are welcome. welcome. Oh. oh.
0: So where do we want to start finishing him off? (laughs) (laughs) It'll take you a while, given all those kegels. Um, (laughs) I walked right into that one. It was pretty difficult to avoid. (laughs) Has anyone got an opening question they would like to start with? Good of you. (laughs) Let's hear the best one.
1: I always start with a question. Someone else start with a question.
0: It's tradition, Leon. (laughs) I mix it up by saying start with the best one. Yeah.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, not the best one. I only have three, actually, and they're all tiny and not one of them is good, but uh, entirely <laughs> <laughs> unrelated to this episode. Do you guys remember the mannequin challenge
2: oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I really thought that would have way more resonance, uh, given that like everything is standing still. Immediately after re-watching this episode, <laughs> I went on YouTube and watched a bunch of Mannequin Challenge videos.
2: Wait, 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 but when was the Mannequin Challenge? Was that when this was being filmed? That's
1: also something I googled right after watching this episode, and no, it's <laughs> just that the Muffmeister and the BBC, I guess they were just a few years behind memes?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably is based on the mannequin challenge. That <laughs> so a bit Very slow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everyone was doing that. It's coming back to me now. I think I remember mm. even Hillary Clinton did yes. a, hello- a mannequin challenge at some point. I'm pretty what? sure you're right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: did yeah, that come before I'd... or after the ice bucket challenge?
1: Before, I want to say, oh, and the original the,
0: challenge,
2: the planking challenge. No, planking was original. Wait, what was the planking challenge?
1: This is the best daughter, just... to any Who Back One episode ever. Wait, what? <laughs> <You just laughs> We've never plank. been so in tune with the, the kids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We've never sounded older, you mean. Um, <laughs> oh, damn it. That's what you mean. <laughs> Put yourself between two posts and like be alive. Oh, and you had to
1: do that for a certain amount of time?
2: I don't know. Just it was a photo. We didn't have videos back then. It's, it's oh, quite no. old because... <laughs> this, is, this is before videos. think <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. is quite
0: <laughs> old because it featured in the opening of an episode of The Office. Oh, oh so yeah, that's right. That's I true. It must have been around 2012 time for them to pick up on it. Mm. So
1: anyway, that question mark. There you go. Introductory question.
0: Wait, what okay. was your question? <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, I'm being dumb.
0: (laughs) I have a question. Go for it. Is this episode more or less indulgent than RTD's to date first victory lap with the tenant specials?
1: Is that the um, the end of time?
0: It's the whole blimmin' year, as far
2: as oh, I'm I concerned.
0: See. The next Doctor on.
2: Well, I feel like that's your clue. It doesn't take a year, so therefore, surely by default, is less indulgent. I would counter that by saying that in that year, things
0: happened. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> okay, elaborate, Drew. Well, in this episode, there's a lot of, oh, you're me, I'm you. What? I don't understand. <laughs> Let me repeat ad nauseum. And then they go consult Rusty's databank and everybody's like, oh, right. And then some soldiers sing at each other and Capaldi has a closing speech and rehearses all of Moffat's favourite tropes and that was an hour. I'm sensing you're not a fan of this episode, Drew. This episode is such a wide range, it's going to be impossible for me to rate. I both Mm. sort of hold it in, not contempt, but (laughs) I'm like, why does it exist and then the other on the other hand I'm like this is gentle and nice and really enjoyable so I have no idea where I'm going. Okay, so I think
1: if, if, if I'm permitted to answer that the original question I think this is possibly more indulgent because it bookends his entire career and he's just decided, "Oh, I'm going to press my bell end onto every part of the universe." And <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what an image. No. <laughs>
1: But it's indulgent in some, and I say but as someone who possibly enjoyed this more this time than even back then, or than, than the rating that I gave back then, spoiler alert, I feel like it could have been indulgent in slightly different ways.
0: Could have been indulgent. So, so there were some instances in which Moffat did not indulge himself to the max, is that what you're saying?
1: I guess the indulgence is largely fan service based, right? Like it's fan service and it's trying to really cement your legacy in some way. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for example, why Rusty, why not Davros?
2: Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I I think it is. To me, it did read as just super duper fan y. And I didn't see it as indulgent for Moffat. Because if it was being indulgent for him, wouldn't it have been like all his greatest hits come back? Like, wouldn't it have been an Angels episode or would oh, River point, yeah. have been there? Or like, I don't know. I feel like there's other things you River? to talk back to. Yeah, where is River? That was my question. <laughs> <laughs> <That> was <great.
1: laughs> Wait, does anyone know where is River? <laughs>
2: In the well, line river
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, River's been decisively written out We've seen her timeline on telly, I think From beginning to end
1: Yeah, but she'll have had a glance avatar Just like this is not Bill or Nardol or Clara I don't there know could have been not River there
0: Did she exactly, die because... she was uploaded? Can she be uploaded into two different places?
1: Oh shit, bananas So what you're suggesting is she is in an eternal hell That is being alive She is
0: undead Yeah, and everyone else is partying together In the columbarium of of infinity yeah, and she's just stuck there and she knows nothing about it oh no
1: well I mean that's what you get for plugging yourself into some sort of weird matrix some weird Stepford
0: Wives matrix exactly yes exactly
2: <laughs> but I do have to say that was my first thought when the people the voice the say "Is like give us this soldier guy and you get to talk to her again my brain went straight to River and then it was really slightly disappointing when it was Bill
0: was it Bill though well, I
2: mean... Or, was it, the, or was it Clara? <laughs> yeah. Because like that is where
0: Moffat is being indulgent. He sees Clara as his greatest hit. Forget the angels. Um, Clara and memories. These are Moffat's takeaways. If he wants you to remember anything from this episode, it's that, and he's hammering them home.
2: But it wasn't enough. Like, if I, I would have preferred Clara back, I think, but for the whole episode, because, like, she comes along for two minutes... And Bill's like, here we go. Woof! Have your memories back, and he's like, oh great, now I remember you. And then that's it. End of scene, and it doesn't have any impact. Whereas, imagine if this was an episode with Clara, and seeing him come to terms with like, there's this piece of my life that I had forgotten about, and and piecing all the memories back together, and like, oh, oh my goodness, actually- yeah. Wouldn't have that been more powerful?
0: Yeah, to actually see him affected. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think that's all. We're (laughs) we're a quarter of an hour in. That's the retro
1: rewrite of the week.
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot more to that scene, though. There is Jenna Coleman very obviously standing in front of a green screen on another set where she's All currently filming a different program. This this episode, yeah, you're right, takes place in front of a lot of green screen.
1: Yeah. But that's uh, not a bad thing, necessarily.
0: Well, not if you can't see it a lot of the time. But that's, that's not the point I'm making here. Jenna Coleman was not on set that day. Uh, Matt Lucas, definitely. Pearl Mackey, obviously. Jenna Coleman miles away <laughs> <laughs> Jenna Coleman <laughs> had a
1: career to mind <laughs> the the, the, the other like I mean what what is Nardole doing he's showing up uh, as a uh, guest on talk shows here and there or on like game shows that's what he's doing at this point or he's maybe he's writing stuff but
0: he's being a Twitter star or appearing on Bake Off that's what you're going for
1: there you go that's exactly it yeah he's on Bake Off <laughs> the equivalent <laughs> of Dancing with the Stars and Clara's like mmm I've got franchise after franchise that's a very different thing. But I, how would you how would you compare Clara and Nodol, or perhaps predominantly Clara, for sort of let's say obvious reasons? with how Amy showed up at the end of Matt Smith's run. Do you remember the gratuitous Amy shot in the TARDIS?
0: I remember little Amelia Pond running around. Did fully grown Amy appear after that? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I, I think, think, might think be right.
1: whenever a, a doctor regenerates, I don't know if this is true, actually. I might be talking out of my ear, but I, I feel like whenever a doctor regenerates a New Who, they bring in the main companion of mm. that doctor's time,
2: and I think I remember because uh, have... she had a really obvious wig on and it was because she was yes. going yes. into the galaxy and she yes. shaved the hair off. Yes, she yeah, was. Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So how do those compare? Well, very comparably because they're both Moffat doctors. It's the Moffat era new doctors that go in that style. Right, mm. okay, yeah. Oh, I, I remember prior to this episode apprehension people were like okay so bill will probably come back for christmas i hope clara doesn't come back as well people didn't want to see clara back not everyone didn't want to see Clara back, but I remember people thought she'd stayed on a bit long to begin with, and now she's going to be bookending the Twelfth Doctor's run entirely. It's like, do we need Clara? Oh, I bet that's what's going to happen.
2: I have to say, then- I did do a little squeal of delight when she came on screen. <laughs> um, I not <can't laughs> In no
1: way am I surprised. The <laughs> that's Clara
2: great. Good for you. Building in the background. <laughs> it was so joyful. But da, da, I
0: also da, 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 da. I finally learnt it, so please bring her back Drew,
2: Drew, don't you'll make me cry um, <laughs> but yeah i even I can say it was a hundred percent unnecessary, like the way it was done, I feel like there could have like there was a nicer way of doing it like where we it was more impactful, and we got to see him regaining his memories, yeah. but just for this two minute snippet where she's clearly not there, like yeah, it was really awkward. But if she hadn't been there, would would people have
1: reacted? You know, the weird thing is, no one's reacting now to like, why wasn't Rose there? They were like super duper good friends. He's just a different version of the person she fell in love with. You know, it's just a different face slapped onto that personality. Why isn't she there? Well,
0: because because then you've got to bring loads of people back. And exactly. it becomes Cumulative.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So so she's already had her farewell regeneration scene. The only person who hasn't had one is Martha, I think oh. Um, oh, and Mickey Ricky, Mickey Ricky also hasn't had one. Oh wait, hang on, did Donna get and one Rory hasn't had one either, sorry,
0: did Donna get one? Yeah, did Donna get one? You know
1: what I forgot about Donna. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you're right, they cho- they kind of choose the main, like, what, what they see as the main companion or the biggest relationship for that one Doctor, because one Doctor normally yeah. has multiple companions.
1: So for all of these people, Clara included, they're not, they're quote, not really those people. They're not Clara, Nardole, and and Bill. Mm. But for all intents and purposes, they might as well be. They are exact duplicates of them to the degree that they are not even aware of being duplicates themselves at times. Bill, well, Bill anyway, doesn't know.
2: But that's, I, I have a question about that because... Bill oh. doesn't know, but also Bill does know. Like, there's a change in the first half of this scene. She's like, I'm Bill. I'm desperately yeah, Bill. That's a good point. And then in the second half, she's like, I mean, i'm no, I'm not Bill. I'm just Bill's memories, but I really am Bill. um And it's like, at what point yeah. did that happen? Either she knows in the, first, the whole time sorry, and I was she's say, misleading him. Yeah, or, true. Like,
0: yeah. But on top of that, in the first half of the episode, she gets really offended whenever he even yeah. broaches the subject of, no, you may not entirely be, be Bill. Yeah. I I I I have a theory. I think when
1: she doesn't know that she is just a glass uh, glass avatar, I think she genuinely doesn't know. I think that's the default setting for these uh, these avatars. But when he figures everything out, they change that website property. They flip that switch and then boom, now they are just skins you know they're just like uh, they've just skinned an avatar
2: but shouldn't she have a reaction shouldn't there be some kind of like crisis of like oh what does this mean i'm dead like oh i don't know i think it's more horrific if she doesn't (laughs) (laughs) I, i agree i think it's more
1: horrific if she doesn't i completely agree with you drew i also think there are two things possibly not addressed here one is why doesn't Bill, when she finds out that she's a copy, or when, you know, Doc asserts that she is, why doesn't she go, oh no, not again? You know, like, oh, I'm not in my real. Like the last time we saw <laughs> yeah. her, she was looking herself yeah. in the mirror. She was seeing herself and then found out that actually she was just a machine. Like it's the, the same nightmare all over again. She's gonna have to ring her therapist and say, Oh yeah, you remember all that work we did? Yeah, it was for naught. I'm I'm coming in for a new first session. And the the second thing is isn't Doc being a massive dick? Because if she doesn't know that she is just a copy, then she is behaving and feeling and thinking exactly as Bill would, and he might as well be you know,
0: disregarding
1: Bill with that kind of cold-heartedness.
0: Oh, but in the flip side of that is... When he says midway through the episode, "Respect me as I respect you," he respects Bill Potts to be clever enough, to be curious enough, and brainy enough to want to know the truth. Like if he says, "I have reason to believe you may not be Bill," the real Bill Potts would be like, "Could you get to the bottom of that, please?" Rather than that's true, just being like, "No, I am Bill." So yeah, the evidence is mounting up against Glass Bill.
2: And also, he's got Pryor, because when there was the double Doctor, he didn't treat the, like, even though everything about this Doctor was identical, like, in the Ganga episode, he was very always suspicious of the Doctor. Oh, yeah. Hmm.
1: I keep forgetting about the rebel flesh.
2: Yeah, and it was really like every time they were talking about a, d- a Ganga before he got copied, it was like this is the same person. You've all got the same memories that functionally makes you the same. And then as soon as it was mm. him, so when it's like close to home, it's harder to to take. I think
0: I've forgotten all about that episode. Another blooming memory thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, there's been a lot of that in Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even written
0: by Moffat that one. No, it wasn't, was it?
2: How would he with? I can't remember how he the doctor that ends up on the alternate universe with rose oh yeah uh not tenant yeah Nenant.
0: well how uh, does which one deal with that john smith goes off with rose and starts snogging wildly and uh, <laughs> david tennant is just sort of slumped against a part of the tardis isn't he looking moody how, can someone remind me why we get a john smith who isn't who isn't the doctor Oh, I think you'll need to listen to Who Back When's review of whatever the flip that was. <laughs> yeah, I've
1: t- totally forgotten. Totally forgotten.
0: Yeah, me too. That's terrible. I feel like that's a really good plot point. That was two nearly three Doctors ago. Don't worry about it. Very true.
1: Okay, well, we have two very nearly three Doctors in this episode.
0: <laughs> yes! Oh, what no! a segue!
1: <laughs> How do you guys feel about them?
0: Start any way you like. Well, I'd like to take issue with something that you said in your previous review with Flat oh, Hammer. So many things, I'm sure. Go for it. One was that You thought that David Bradley sounded exactly like William Hartnell.
1: Yeah, he doesn't at all.
0: Not at all. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What were
2: you thinking?
1: I would like to point out that towards the end of that episode, we say something to the effect of it's now 2.30am, and I'm sure we'd had quite a few drinks. So that's my alibi. But yeah, you're absolutely right. He looks like him, though.
0: A bit, yeah. Yeah, I
1: think he does a great job. I think he does a fantastic
0: job. His sorcery-eyed stares that the camera can't help but keep cutting to, they're great. I think he's
1: possibly better than, I don't remember the name of the other actor who played the first Doctor who wasn't William Hartnell.
0: In The Five Doctors.
1: Bingo. I think Bradley is possibly the best Hartnell who isn't Hartnell, and because he has a little bit more agency on screen, he might just be the best Hartnell.
0: Better even than Richard Herndel?
1: I was going to say, better even than William Hartnell. Oh, Um, no. (laughs) No, he's not better than William Hartnell. No one, of course not.
0: Does he really have that much to do here, though? A lot of what he does is retreading exactly what they did with him in the 80s when they first resurrected him, which is to cast him as... Out of time and antiquated and antediluvian and all that sort of thing, and with laughable views on women's place in society and in relation to feather dusters.
1: I mean, to be fair, I think much of the credit I give Bradley for this episode is credit that he's due for an adventure in space and time.
2: (laughs) Yes. I was going to say that actually, because I I remember warming to him so much in that, that then when he came on again, I was like, oh. Oh, I know you. You're that like, oh. cuddly old doctor fella, and yeah. oh, come here, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that really worked in
1: his favour. Yeah, you're right. No, that that is that is true. Okay. okay, so so that's Bradley. What about what about Capaldi? This is his finale, his swan song. After this, do you want Capaldi? Sorry, uh, tough titties, buddy, because there ain't none left.
0: Uh, it's not too late for him to appear in one of these upcoming specials. We got. I know. Capaldi for 14th Doctor, I, I, I hear you. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: That's right, I agree,
0: Drew. <laughs> I thought that he was still bringing new aspects to the screen. When he tells the first Doctor, he puts the sonic specs on him, and he says, never take them off. And uh, Bradley goes, I almost said Hartnell. Almost said Hartnell. He almost got me. <laughs> when Bradley says, uh, why not? And Capaldi goes, because I love it. And... I don't think I'd seen him deliver a line in that way before. He's he's still developing the character and pushing it and doing new things with it. I'd, I'd so love to... Have, well, no, I wouldn't have loved to see him do another year. I would have loved to see him do the year where we only got Mysterio. Put a new series in there. More Capaldi, please, but <laughs> yeah, in the past. More, so much more. I, I wonder if
1: he said that to... Uh, I was going to say Hartman as well uh, to, to the first Doctor because the second Doctor at one point wears—I think in just one episode—wears um, sunglasses.
0: Oh.
1: And this is right before William Hart... Well, right before the first Doctor regenerates into the second Doctor. So As very indeed we thing. see. Yeah, yes, exactly, yeah. Were you not also stirred from if effectively frame number one, where we get like 700 and whatever it is, 700... I wrote it down, 709 episodes ago...
3: Mm.
1: We see Hartnell in the TARDIS. We see that really awkward morph from Hartnell to <laughs> Nartnell. That doesn't really work, but fine. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and then the regeneration. It, it doesn't that just grab your heart
0: by the nads and give it a really nice hug. I mean, yes, in that the first thing Bradley says as Hartnell, which I assume is finishing off the line. Hartnell had begun to say in his episode is, I think, the weightiest bit of acting and delivery he gets to do and the part of him I enjoyed most. Wait, what, what, sorry, which line is this? He's Hartnell is saying, I'm talking about love. Do you not have love? And thingy? And the other oh, one? Oh, yes. And, yeah. and then Bradley comes in and says, Do you not have those things, sir? I sound just like the beginning of this sentence. I don't know what's gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and And... From then on, it was just like, oh, back to the the previous, please.
2: Rather than, you know, oh, this is all very dusty. Where's the woman? Women? Women? I think that really bothered me. The whole, like, we, we get that it was made in the 60s and things have moved on. And, like, it felt like that was most of his role was just be this old codger who's stuck in the, you know, previous decades and is a big old sexist whatever and i was like there must be more to him than that why can't we see some of his good qualities as well like when he was doctor he wasn't just a sexist bastard like surely he was also smart and witty and solved puzzles and i don't know the
1: the, oh sorry drew you were about to say something there
0: i was gonna say he did a couple of clevers he did spot the very slightly asymmetrical face Yes, oh. yeah, that's true. Although, oh, <laughs> I have a feeling that Marie and I are
1: going to say the same thing. Go for it.
2: Oh, really? <laughs> um, no, I was going to say this was Jim's note that he was really, really, really bothered by that line because it's like, you're literally pointing at a CG um, created face. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> yes, that couldn't exactly. possibly be man made. And it's like, it, but you know, that's that it it. is. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a clever for the 60s, but. It doesn't really work in (laughs) today's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Things have moved on.
1: What I was going to say, the last time that we had someone who wasn't William Hartnell playing the first Doctor... Richard Pondonville. That's right. He got
0: to do more
1: Clevers than here.
0: He got to do the pivotal Clever. Exactly.
1: He, He was the guy who figured everything out and who had a potentially... (laughs) like bordering on sinister understanding of the context that no one else had and here you're absolutely right marie he's just this freeze frame of 1960s sexism Mm. is that just because we want a few gags with or well because the moffmeister wants a few gags with capaldi's 12th
0: doctor is that it the gags are great i think the primary motivation is so that he doesn't steal the limelight too much And still plays second fiddle to the main event which is Capaldi's Swan Song. Yeah. Because in a previous what what you would expect and what I definitely expected going in, was what we got from previous multi doctor adventures, which is something Enormous and something cannon, at least wobbling, cannon trembling, cannon shattering, I don't know. Um, and for them to face some really enormous threat and together, you know, really complement each other. And that's not the point of this episode at all. This episode could hardly be further from that. It makes it faints in that direction and then goes nowhere near it.
2: Do you know the other thing as well that it didn't really occur to me at the time but thinking about it now is like he treats the first Doctor as like a granddad figure like you're so old you're so out of touch blah 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 and because he looks so much older than him and there's even like they're joking about like oh I thought I would be younger and I am younger blah 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 which is fun But from Capaldi's perspective, it's like you as a toddler turned up, like it doesn't matter what he looks like, he is a much younger version of him. And he should be treating him like a younger version. Like if there was a younger version of me in the room right now, I would be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you're, you know, you're such a baby. And he doesn't, he treats him like an old person rather than a younger person.
1: You're totes right. I think another side gag there is that
2: when Capaldi was cast
1: as the Doctor, he was exactly William Hartnell's age. Mm. Anyway, not as interesting an observation as I thought it would be. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, no, we'd be giving it the, the space and respect that it merited. <laughs> I have a question on this subject, Leon. Go for it! Is this whole contrivance of the first Doctor being scared to regenerate even if he doesn't usually let on that he's fearful of anything is this in any way germane to his character as Hartnell played him in the 60s is this something the first Doctor would do you're the only one of us who's
2: seen uh, any of it. yeah I'm right. asking you yeah okay,
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: yeah, go um, I don't think that it's something that was necessarily expressed by Hartnell throughout his run because it's just like anyone playing any character you don't play that character. Character thinking that at some point you're gonna play dying as that character i'm sure in every epi- like those episodes weren't quite as serious as the episodes are nowadays so no that was never alluded to but i think i think it's a very good question because i think it is very valid because as anyone would find the first time that they regenerate mm. <laughs> The first and thither to only time they have regenerated as a character, um, yeah, there would be a certain degree of trepidation, surely. Can't argue with that.
2: So but did he, Marie, did he can know? you? <laughs> no, I just have a question. I just does he know that he's gonna regenerate. Is it
0: like,
1: I think so.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Time Lords is on Gallifrey it... do it all the time. Th- this,
2: is, no, no, but
1: this is like genuine it... Gallifreyan edging. They're both there <laughs> just like, oh, <laughs> no, this is we're not gonna make this happen. <laughs>
2: I mean, the f- in the original series, like because he wasn't written with that in mind to start with. Oh, and of then, course. Oh, oh, I see. No,
1: they, no. The only reason that uh, that regeneration happened. Oh, sorry. Did I just talk over you? I, I should say on my screen, both of you are frozen. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was just do. agreeing with
0: Marie and saying <laughs> what oh, a yeah. great point Marie was making.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the only reason that regeneration was even invented as a concept was because uh, Bill Hartnell was. He was kind of losing his talent in a sense. He was of an age and he was starting to forget lines, and, you know, there were too many flubs, and he wasn't. Yeah, they wanted to bring in a younger actor. And uh, so they just invented this thing. Oh, there'll be a regeneration. But from Hartnell's point of view, he was probably just going to play it until he retired or play it until whenever. And then, who knows? They'll never make another episode of Doctor Who.
2: But I just wondered, like, in the episode when he regenerates for the first time, has it already been talked about and written into law by then? Or does he? Is he? Does he just think he's dying, and then it's like surprise? Here I come back again.
1: No, he. I, as I recall, he knows what's happening as it's happening because they. I mean, they know that they're passing the torch to another actor, right? Like Patrick Troughton is waiting in the wings to s- uh, slip into the exact same position as William Hartnell on screen, so that they can do that fade. But yeah, so the doc knows exactly what's happening as he enters his final soliloquy. But up until that point, it has, as far as I rec- I might be mistaken, Podcast Land might be furious, but as far as I recall, it has never been alluded to. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that's that resolved. <laughs>
2: <laughs> End of my question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, would, I would say, to carry on from the first Doctor, as indeed the episode does in multiple ways, the playing with the intervening... I don't know how many centuries of Doctor's lives there are... Either showing it to Hartnell and having him ask about it and Capaldi getting to crack the line of, they took out all the jokes and all all the playing with the, um, you have to go the long way round and anything that sort of alludes to the the vast history of Doctor Who. I thought it was very enjoyable and some of the best bits the long way around
1: do you remember this might be utter nonsense but do you remember in i want to say village of the angels the uh, the chibas episodes
3: mm.
1: when at the beginning i think it's village of the angels at the beginning we see one of the characters i can't remember her name now um yaz. she meets the doctor and yaz out sorry <laughs> I, I, I interjected with yaz <laughs> 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 it could have been. It could have been, yeah. <laughs> but it, she meets Doc and I want to say and Yaz out of sequence. And it's mm. because she's been thrown back in time by the angels, and yada yada yada. So she meets them again, but for them it's the first time that that they're meeting her. And she says, Oh, sorry, of course, no, I'm gonna go take the long way round now. Or sorry, I took the long way around. After that episode, there were tons and tons of fan speculations that she was, in fact, the next Doctor, the 14th Doctor. And it was being seeded right then and there that this was the next Doctor coming the long way around. (gasps) And you've just said that exact same
0: line. Holy smokeroonies and a tajiza cakes. It was only Moffat picking up another of his greatest hits from the day of the Doctor, when they go the long way round through the painting. Oh my goodness. So this line is very established in Doctor Who lore. It's it's not like Chibnall is like, oh, I'm the first person ever to call back to that. But I love the oh. theory of this person's appeared in Doctor Who. They said something canonically relevant. Ergo, definite next Doctor material. <laughs> I, I'm I'm more convinced now than I've ever
1: been, and I'm not even particularly convinced right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you see, I think the Daily Mirror had a headline or something that said, rtd's production company sent out a memo or something like doing a one-line summary of the next doctor's adventures and it was like matching her wits against all the biggest foes of the universe so they're like and on that basis definite second woman coming up i buy it sure why not yeah yeah i'm just trying to
2: sound topical to the fan base i feel like that (laughs) has to be a deliberate choice because you could have easily just said there instead of yeah
1: it could also just be the the beeb or rtd just messing exactly junior proofreader M-
2: has gone oh no it's a female doctor isn't it we need to change correct this <laughs> just it out like yes, a
3: exactly.
2: <laughs> can i bring us
1: to a completely different subject please tardises Ooh. Oh. we we get some fantastic scenes i feel of uh, not just uh, a different take on the bigger on the inside scene. Uh, We get a William Hartnell TARDIS, which the last time I guess we've seen is after this episode is with the, uh, I can't remember what that doctor is called. The, you know, the doctor who isn't one of the 13, who is one of the previous, I can't remember her name from. um, Joe Martin. Yes, exactly.
0: What's Uh, that doctor called? The Fugitive Doctor.
1: Fugitive. Yes. Thank you. Yes. The Fugitive Doctor. You know, we get to see a, a recreation of the Hartnell uh, TARDIS. We get to see Hartnell experience, the new TARDIS. We get to see, oh, give me all your thoughts and feelings.
0: Well, I mean, it was a very nice reuse of the set from an adventure in space and time.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I did like how, like, aghast he was when he walked in. It's like, what have you done to this thing? Like, <laughs> yeah he's really Thank not goodness, happy he are walk They're into the 13th doctor's tardis
1: oh my <laughs> why are there fucking boning crystals everywhere <laughs> why am i walking into a gigantic orgasm <laughs> yeah.
0: it looks like the honey monster's hand <laughs> wait what's the honey monster's hand yeah the, the way the claws like over the central column all sort of loom and curl yeah oh
1: i just i just assumed that this was some sort of uh, classic british euphemism for masturbation
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh man it should
0: be (laughs) that's everything with you (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) but did you did you enjoy it did that was it effective (laughs) <laughs> red sky at night shepherd's delight because he's going to go masturbate that's how it is with you uh, you said it i did not <laughs> sorry what did you ask
1: <laughs> were all these tardis scenes effective for you and also just a just a note this is the last time we're seeing this TARDIS, mm. Capaldi's TARDIS. There are a lot of lasts in this episode.
0: We do get to have some nice long looks at it as well, with the first Doctor, and I then know. when Capaldi's doing his final soliloquy. Yeah, I could, I could, if I were to go on a TARDIS set tour and I could only pick one, it would definitely be this one.
1: Yeah, same. This is by far the most accomplished one, surely.
2: I really liked seeing them side by side and seeing the really tiny old one and then the explanation <laughs> like you you try keeping all that inside for however many hundred years it was really good yeah and you got to see it spinning
0: through the vortex mm.
1: it's a nice vortex i'm sure we've seen it before looking like this i mean it's a very very decent looking vortex
2: mm. Although I did think, um, I think when is it? Bill runs into the old TARDIS and they're, you know, running from danger, they're always in a rush, and she literally stops and is like, oh, the windows are different. I'm like, mm, I don't feel like that was maybe one step too far. I feel like it's one thing for the doctor oh, really? to be pointing out differences, but... Like everything about that tortoise is different, and she points out, "Oh, the windows are smaller."
1: They are smaller. It's a stunning tortoise. But everything's <laughs> smaller.
2: It just seemed like a really unnecessary, awkward line. No, that's true. That is true. They're different windows,
1: though. They're yeah. what are they called? The is it mullioned? Is that what you call that? Do you know what I mean? Like there's Ooh. a pattern. To, there's a texture to the to the glass. When I built my tardis, I was looking for that kind of glass, even though it would have been anachronistic for Tom Baker, I think. But, but I was looking for that kind of stuff, and it was just way, way too expensive. It went with shitty plexiglass. Do you need a tardis in
0: your garden, by the way, Drew?
1: I feel like you might benefit from a tardis. In the wait, you need a new summer house. Uh,
0: um, would you like a tardis? Uh, maybe, maybe a small first Doctor style. No, no, no. I'm not even going to give you an inch because you'll you'll take a garden. I don't want one, thank you. <laughs> Okay. okay. very much appreciate (laughs) the offer, but please, no, please. Just think about it. Okay, fine. (laughs) You're a perfect gentleman, but on no account, stop it, go away.
1: Okay, fine, sorry. (laughs) I I won't bring it up again. Um, (laughs) Fine, in those, uh, I'm going to segue, in those, unless you have more things to say about the TARDIS, no, just me, fine, all right. So in those scenes with the bigger on the inside and yada, 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 it's not just Doc. It's not just Doc. It's not just Bill. It is also a person we haven't spoken about, namely Mark Gattis, or as I said the first time we reviewed this, Gattis. I don't know which one's right. <laughs> I still don't know which
0: one's right either. Gattis, Gattis. It doesn't matter. He's not in it after this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we have to decide. Yeah, and either. also, Leon, we're talking about the vortex. He gets named in the opening credits. Oh, really? Yeah, he's instantly, one appearance, elevated to pseudo-companion level.
1: Oh. I mean, he has been a big part of Doctor Who up until this point, right? Oh, sorry, man. He's been
2: been in it more than a lot of companions. Right,
1: yes, exactly. (laughs) As different characters. He's possibly been in it more than Nick Briggs.
0: No, no, I don't think he has. Oh, by the way, you didn't mention my favourite line from the New Year's special... Which oh, was a the, t- saying, I'm
1: not Nick Exactly Actually wait I think it did get cut I think it's possibly in the bloops for that <gasps> It's in that massive chunk where I just go Okay I'm going to bombard you with one liners Well with bullet points from my notes And then I do like 10 of them and go Yeah this n- not one of these bullet points Is landing I'm just going to cut this whole section <laughs> And replace it with the TARDIS dematerialization Sound effect
0: huh, That's usually um, my section <laughs> It's nice to know you are trying to, you know, invoke my spirit in some way. <laughs> yeah, You're <were> not <laughs> much mess, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just to get Nick Briggs saying, I am not Nick. Oh, Jesus.
1: Oh, classic. Oh. <laughs> so, Mark Gattis slash Gattis, however you pronounce it. Yes, Mark, the... are you listening? Thanks for listening. Come on the show. Tell us how you pronounce your name.
0: Yeah. The erstwhile <laughs> Dr. Lazarus. That's right. A very, very nearly John <laughs> Maybe per not tweed. the
1: best example of his talents, but fine. <laughs> Sorry,
0: what was that? The very, very nearly John Pertwee, just barely cut from An Adventure in Space and Time. Did he play
1: Pertwee in An yes. Adventure in Space and Time? What? Yes, he did, and he, and
0: it got cut, because uh, you will find a, a still of it online with him... I'm looking it up right now. ...Bradley as Hartnell, and is it Rhys Shearsmith as Troughton? Looks nothing like Troughton. Looks even less like Pertwee. Oh my goodness,
1: I'm seeing it. I'm looking at the screen right now. That is... I mean that's uh that's bullshit. Good. Why didn't Why didn't they, why didn't they say- get Sean Pertwee to play John Pertwee? Sean Pertwee looks exactly like John Pertwee yeah. and would probably love to play his dad.
0: Yeah. No, it was G- Gattis Gatiss or no one.
1: Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> um it's like non sequitur, just segue thingy before we go back to Mark Gates. Did anyone else think that Capaldi was rocking a serious Pertwee hairdo?
2: It's my first note. It says Capaldi's hair is bananas. <laughs> 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 Literally ridiculous.
0: He's mid regeneration, Marie. Cut the guy a little slack.
1: Got <laughs> his hair! No, it's his hair is magnificent. It's it, yeah. Anyway,
0: Margatis,
1: Margantis, however you pronounce it. Who thought what about him?
2: I liked him. I think it was good.
1: Yeah. Did you think it was necessary for him to be Bagel's
2: dad? No. This, no, like, no, <laughs> this, there's, no. Actually, I'd forgotten about that bit, and that did really bum me <laughs> out. It's like there's a lot of there's so much fan service in this; it's ridiculous. And then the whole at the end, oh, you're looking on my family, won't you? And it's like, how many thousand people has the doctors like like saved their lives? He's not gonna go in and look on it, in on everyone's family. And then for some reason, this guy's picked out of nowhere and then suddenly that's why he's super duper close with what's his face
1: no yeah, with no. with uh,
2: alistair gordon
1: i mean
0: oh, for I
2: generations
0: murray don't hold it against him that this guy is the first character about to die in doctor who history who actually bothers to remember his family how <laughs> dare he he loves his kin get him out of here why doesn't he whip out
1: his wallet and and he takes out a photo and it's a picture <laughs> of his wife cradling a baby with a massive mustache?
0: I knew, I knew from the second you said wallet.
1: <laughs> yeah, he did not. He did not need to be Bagel's dad. No. That was that was redonkulous.
0: I mean, I mean, a chutzpah on this guy. He said, "He's like, okay, obviously, I'm second to you, right." could you make one of the most beloved characters in doctor who history start off as one of my sperm? <laughs> 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 That's the level of ownership. I feel like I have of over doctor who now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd have to go back and see what the first encounter with bagels is like, mm. but I don't feel like doc encounters him and goes, uh, Oh, Oh, uh, your name is Bagels. I will shepherd you through life. You know, th- there isn't that. It's just, oh, you're a dude. What's your name? Rad. Great. Okay, well, I guess you're useful to me because you head up units. Actually, the first time he meets him, he doesn't head up units. He's just a soldier. He's not a brigadier yet.
2: So he gets him the job all because he saved his dad's <laughs> life one day.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I see.
2: Yeah. Also Gallifrey and
1: nepotism. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
0: I mean my note about Mark Gatiss is for all that I don't like him being gifted another plum role at the expense of other, possibly more worthy up and coming actors like J D, for instance.
1: Yep. He does certainly.
0: Yeah, he does well <laughs> enough. It's in his wheelhouse.
2: It's in his wheelhouse, it's in his wheelhouse. It's in I his, his withouse in his withouse. <laughs> I think, that's something I, I think I really wanted to hear him because it's like, oh, it's us again. Like, we always do that. But I think he was okay, actually. I think he was, it was very, yeah. It was nice. I liked him when he was in the pit with the German and they were having the standoff.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, well, I, I've got a beef with that scene. But uh, before <laughs> before I got, get to that beef, can I just echo and up what you just said? I thoroughly enjoyed Gatus in this. Yeah. I thought he was great. I thought, it, possibly one of my favourite bits with him is when uh, Nartnall says, well, aren't all ladies made of glass, in a way? And Gatus turns to Nartnall and goes, <laughs> very good, sir, very
2: good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, that was really good.
3: <laughs> I
1: think
2: oh, I the, don't know. That's the I mean, era that he's born to play, like... Sort of like, exactly, yes, and he's got such an obsession
0: with the whole Victorian period, just the whole recent past, really.
1: So, but, if you're going to have a character of this, uh, this ilk on in your Doctor Who finale, do you play could you get anyone else to play him?
0: Yeah, he's written Empress of Mars, he's written The Unquiet Dead with Charles Dickens, he loves from 1850 to 1950.
1: Can you imagine how? how sad he would be if he hadn't been in this episode. If they had cast Richard E. Grant as Bagel's dad. The Great
0: Intelligence.
1: Oh yeah, no, you're right. (laughs) Oh, someone else. Uh... Richard Griffiths. (laughs) 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 Yeah, maybe. Literally anyone else. If they (laughs) hadn't cast Mark Gatiss, how sad would Mark Gatiss have been?
0: Not at all, because he would have rightly thought to himself, I've had plenty i got to play dr lazarus i'm going to get to play a version of the master in audiobooks just because i can sound a bit creepy no stop it with your tendrils taking everything over like the sleep falling out of your eyes and gradually consuming the universe get out of here mark gatus you've had too much already
1: <laughs> okay here's the beef uh, i'm really sorry i did mention this in fact both uh flappy doodles and i mentioned this in the first instant ish reaction review that guy is not german
0: who toby wit house uh wait, wait wait
1: wait is that toby wit house yes so I, I i feel like we've had that conversation at some point before possibly oh, yes. when sorry
0: uh, you and flappy definitely talks about that was toby Whithouse house and he doesn't oh, speak german oh, at all oh
1: did somehow i've forgotten that i listened to that I, that guy cannot speak german and if they're going to cast toby wit house or anyone who doesn't speak german at least get someone to just coach them and how to how to utter the, let's say, handful of lines, tops, mm-hmm.
0: that they have. I'm guessing it he's saying, out of it. basically, I don't want to shoot you, I don't want to shoot you over and over again, is he? I don't really remember. Yeah, it's something to that effect. I guess it was hard to tell. It was so
1: garbled. <laughs> In any film or TV episodes, any time, when they call someone who isn't speaking language, even if it's a language you don't speak, but you know what it should sound like, and you hear it pronounced differently, doesn't it just take you out of it?
0: Yeah, it's the failure of realism. It's the quickest way to, oh, this is a substandard production, rather than something that would believably happen.
1: But it's not a substandard production, so this is just a consequence of either fan service, or it's not...
0: Well, it's not fancy, it's, who you know. it's, you yeah, know. it's mate service. It's yeah, like, exactly. Who has Moffat most enjoyed working with in his six series in charge? These two guys are his best buds. Jamie Matheson is fuming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what?
1: Uh, word on the street is Jamie Matheson, fluent in German. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about Gatiss and Toby Whitehouse in the crater, I, I know it's green screened, but I really loved the effect of time freezing and him getting up and climbing up the crater and walking around the entirely frozen battlefield. I wish I could see that in 3d with the bird frozen in the air, suddenly swooping into shots or not. In fact, just the shot swooping back from it. It's a stunning effect. And Mm. it's there's so everything on the battlefield. In fact,
1: is gorgeous. Even the uh, super duper 3000 foot view straight from above stunning
0: yeah i was really impressed in the flux episode when they showed the Santarans in the crimean war doing much the same thing and they've already done it here it looks great here already yeah
2: let's talk Ooh. about these glass people and hey. this idea that it's they're not bad guys I actually really like this revelation that like, oh, I'm always expecting like a terrible plot and there's nothing sinister about this. They're just living happily ever after.
1: Um, That's something you and Capaldi's doc have in common.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I do have questions about how it all works. How does it all work? Oh, like what? Well, like, who's, yeah, like, who, like is everybody
1: are usb drives just that cheap in the future is
2: (laughs) is everybody walking around in a glass body or like can you choose to who like who decides who gets a body because in the beginning they're all just ethereal beings in the cabinet and then they give bill a body and they're, the, they're talking about they're made of glass, but then they're clearly not, because Nod all just kind of appears out of nowhere. And yeah, how many glass bodies are there? And who decides who gets one? And is everyone else just in the cloud? And what, and what is this? I don't really understand it.
1: Yeah, I mean, all perfectly valid questions that are never answered in this episode, I think. Can you remind me, what's the backstory of this thing in the year, like two million or something? The, the backstory
0: um, is that... On New Earth, in the year 5 billion and 12, Professor Helen Clay gives an introduction video about the Testimony Foundation. The near-dead have their memories duplicated without pain, distress, or any need for consent at all. It's like heaven on New Earth. You don't understand, but
1: you've actually already consented to this uh, when you just uh, feverishly press the yes, 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 accept, yes, I've read (laughs) the iTunes terms and conditions. No, there are no T's and
0: C's. You consented to this by being conceived. Apparently is everyone
1: ever. Uh, I mean, presumably everyone ever is
2: stored yeah. in all the way back to Og and Magog or Adam and Eve. Even
0: i got some questions. <laughs>
2: The whole thing about it being called the testimony as well, it's like it feels like your kind of last will and testament, like I thought they were going to say, we'll, we'll pull you out, you'll get to almost like write a statement, like whatever you wanted to say about your life, whatever you want left on record, it will be there. But then it's not, it's just, oh, hey, here you are, everything's cloned and you're a new person now and like Bill's running around as if she is Bill, making decisions, making new memories Like her actions have consequences. She is effectively there again. That's not. Yeah. What would happen if? (laughs) if, What Mm. would happen if like
1: (laughs) there's a really high pitched sound and Bill just cracks (laughs) because she's made a glass? (laughs) There's another glass avatar show up and take a copy of this glass Bill and bring that back. I don't, why is this happening? Because there are still, I mean, when the Testimony Foundation is is founded, when th- this project starts, there are clearly still humans. Yeah. We get to see a video recording of the person who created it, anthropologist, whatever she was. It just created. said Professor
0: Helen Clay. Oh, Professor. Yeah.
1: When she started it, she was a human. She wasn't a glass avatar. Presumably, she wasn't the only human around. So it wasn't like, oh, well, humanity isn't going to exist anymore. So we're going to make a record, a backup of everyone who's ever existed, which means you have the ability to travel through time. The fuck, man, just do other stuff than make (laughs) copies of people. That's crazy bananas. That means that someone's going to come back and make copies of us. I've not signed anything to that effect.
0: Yeah, and we're going to have to go up there with Hitler, who hasn't been killed, and we're just going to have to chat to the guy. Oh, you're glass too, huh? Good thing you're not (laughs) anti-glassitic or something, or we'd be really screwed.
2: But just, there's no, like, I don't understand whose benefit it's for, because I expected it to be like, okay there's a bunch of humans here wouldn't it be cool if you could like push a button and a glass being becomes your like great 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 grandma and you can talk to her and find out about her life that'd be wonderful but
0: yeah (laughs) it would save the researchers on who do you think you are so much
2: time (laughs) (laughs) true but yeah but it's not like that it is these people the glass people have their own like minds and feelings and thoughts and like what happens to bill after this does she go back to being nothing
1: i think so i think this is very similar to i mean we talked about river before i think this is very similar to river's fate
2: and we thought that was a really everyone is rivered yeah it's, it's utter shit. So how is it oh, not? Oh, are you sinister? looking forward
1: to either an afterlife or just an eternity of nothing? Uh, sorry, sucks to be you because you're going to be sitting and sharing a hard drive with everyone else who has ever lived ever. Ooh. And unfortunately you're next to a Viking who doesn't speak English.
0: <laughs> this is great because you guys are edging towards my note, which I was going to read out. You had me at edging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the note is not an evil plan sounds a lot like the mm. nether sphere but with white styling instead of black
2: absolutely oh my goodness that's such a good point yes this was also <laughs> my note <laughs> that's this such before, a good point. and it was evil like i fully expected it to be another like cyberman thing like you've uploaded all these people i don't know like I feel like it is a sinister plan. They just didn't look hard enough. And the Doctor never gives up that easily. He's like, oh yeah, that seems like a good plan on the surface. I won't ask any further questions. Well, yeah,
0: this is part of the reason why I rated this episode as massively indulgent. Because the doctor has some blind spots in this episode and they are entirely Stephen Moffat's blind spots because memories are his pet thing and he won't hear a word said against them in the Doctor (laughs) Who universe and so the doctor has to think they're great and Bill and him both have to say what is anyone supposed to be except a bunch of memories that's that's a line Bill says people are so much more than that I can't remember hardly anything and yet I've been on this podcast, I don't know, I can't even remember how long, (laughs) Um, like six years. But if you listen, I'm the same person from beginning to end, and I've forgotten practically everything I've ever said, but I'm still the same person. Consciousness is way more than just what you're thinking of at any given moment
2: they had this whole memory thing as well with like me and the whole like she'd forgotten everything she's ever done because she lived for too long and you can't possibly like human brains can't hold all that and so are these are these new glass people like can they you know can they remember everything they've ever done because that's the testimony like what does that make them that's not human that like you say you forget most things our brains Curate things. We don't even remember things accurately. We kind of make stories in our heads, and we and our memories change. Constantly. Is it actually? Oh,
1: sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Is it actually said that they remember everything? Isn't that, it just I that they if... are a carbon copy of who they were right before they died?
0: Well, Bill can't even remember how she died.
1: No, that no, that's true. So maybe she was maybe she was shot in the in the back, and she doesn't know that she died. But I guess it's before uh, you. And consequently, yeah, she.
2: It's before you've died, so it might come as a real surprise. You might just get hit by a bus in a second and not see it coming.
1: When Clara and what's-his-face Nodol show up, there seems to be an addition to that, though. It's not just Clara Nodol; it's Clara Nodol. I mean, we kind of talked about this earlier, but it's Clara Nodol and Testimony who are present. Because they basically show up, hey, we can look like anyone you like. Mm. There's a thing where they are aware that it is all fake.
3: Mm. And they're talking
1: to him as though all he needs to do is see something familiar, and that's that should be enough. And if that doesn't clarify that the Testimony Foundation has entirely misunderstood what humanity is about, or Gallifreyanism is about, then I don't know what. Like Clearly, this is a failure. What this <laughs> should be is actually just like... Sorry, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, I'm going to go... Fuck testimony. Okay, I, I've got a <laughs> rant coming up. <laughs> what this could have been is Capaldi encounters, Capaldi and Nartnall, encounter testimony. Go, these are the good guys. But really, these are the good guys who created a program, and that program took things too literally, and then it spiraled out of control. Because surely, mm. this is not positive. This is obsessive. This is, if anything, this this is demeaning to the memory of all of these individuals whom you have stored and the episode should actually not be about regeneration and the episode should be about creating a better afterlife for all those people who are now stuck
2: Mm. bumping
1: elbows with people they have nothing in common with forever in a hard drive somewhere
2: it also seems like a really dangerous thing to have like it's one thing oh you know we trust testimony that's they're the good guys but if that information gets into the wrong hands, like, what could you do with it? Everything. Everything, <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, What's going to happen when you run
1: out of humans? <laughs> what, what is testimony going to do when they run out of humans? Start doing What's cast. the end game? Do they just go, ah. Well, we did it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we turned whole galaxies into USB sticks, but we finally <laughs> made it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or are they going to go, Let's digitize everyone.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Cuz everyone can be just neatly ported into ones and zeros. Minds are just computers and memories are random access only. Gross. Mm. And this is another thing that's picks up on wasn't a soul described as a subroutine at some point some episodes ago or a personality. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sad to see the back of this. <laughs> sad <laughs> As a lot of this farewell episode is. That can stay in the past. Yeah, true.
2: (laughs) I wasn't looking at my notes before and you put me on the spot with Mark Gattis and I've realised I did write a note about Mark Gattis. So Mm -hmm. I'll read it now and you can like it in wherever it fits. Or I'll keep all of this. um the scene where he does his little he does his little speech about like the time to die um in the TARDIS is really 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 Mm -hmm. good I feel like that was one of my highlights and he says like you know I was ready I was I'd you know no one wants to die but I'd come to terms with it and now he's been brought out of it and suddenly there's hope and now you want to put him back in there like we're taking a man who was in the middle of a war and you've shown him all these wonderful things like he know now knows that time travel exists and that things can be bigger on the inside than the outside and you know people can be other people i still don't feel i think he understands who the both the doctors are but he knows there's something weird there and all of these new questions are being asked and then suddenly he just has to go and walk back into the same spot he got taken out of again like that's so
0: heartbreaking. See, I don't think he cares about any of the amazing, miraculous stuff you've just described. He only cares about having a chance that he thought was gone forever to get back to his remarkably solid wife, which is <laughs> one of the most backhanded compliments I've heard in a long time.
2: <laughs> I, did, I did ask Jim if he would describe me as solid, and he said no. <laughs> smart man. Not the first word that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Why,
1: why, why does he climb back into the crater
2: because he has to but that but no one's forcing
0: him to
1: i think he just exactly
0: that, that's just Where's because you
1: running away Just because
0: mark gatis is just so stoic and heroic he gets to embody all the the very greatest virtues of that character that we didn't get back on screen until he was dead and then he was a Cyberman, and we still feel like we owe him so let's get his dad on board we even
1: get a salute, yeah. a weird salute yeah. between Capaldi and him. Through which a
0: perception is- filter
1: exactly <laughs> exactly which somehow echoes the uh the salute that he gives bagels
2: this should be another point where the doctor should be like okay this is not a good like you are not the good guys this is a bad plan because they're ju- they're just messing with time they're pulling people out of the proper order of time why aren't the big monsters coming to clean up time like we, oh you're right yeah the reapers why are yeah. the reapers just chew, chowing down on everything <laughs> i feel like the doctor should be like this is not cool like you do not mess with time you do not pull someone a second from there like when they're gonna die and then put them back in there like and and they're like oh it's fine he'll forget all this like that's okay but when he walks into that pit he does remember it and that's super heartbreaking. And I don't feel like they're the good guys at this point. Like, what what does Did, happen? What would they do if he said, no, I don't want to go? I mean, glad to say they don't care.
0: Yeah, what, what the doctor should say is, don't worry, mate. I got you. I recently did this for my friend Clara, who I haven't seen in (laughs) a while. Wait, wait, he doesn't remember Clara at that point. That's Uh, why he doesn't do it stacks up perfectly. Yeah. (laughs) But the Doctor has done exactly this once. Okay, he doesn't remember it, but he was going to get in massive trouble with the Time Lords for doing it with one person. And now the Testimony Foundation's doing it with countless billions, and the Time Mm. Lords are fine with
2: it. It's happening far away.
1: (laughs) I may need to revise my rating.
2: Mm Oh, I know. Mm. The other question I have about the, I've forgotten the name of them already, the Glass People. Testimony Foundation. Testimony! Why are the testimony so menacing in the beginning and they're, they're like, the, you are the war doctor! And then they just, Hey, why do they call the him doctor the war doctor? of war! And then they show Hartnell, not Hartnell, all of the images of his face. And it's a really moving moment and he's like, oh my god, I can't believe I've turned into this person. And you really think that they're going to be the and i know it's a like bait and switch but like there's no reason for them to be that dickish like they're the good guys shouldn't they couldn't they also well, they show the they times are. where he's saved a bunch of people like it just doesn't fit with the
0: just show them rusty's video and save us half an hour <laughs> but we do get that
1: <laughs> moment towards the very end where isn't it not who says Oh, this is why you're the Doctor of War. You know, during the armistice scene. yeah, it, it, yeah. Is, Isn't that where it happens? By the way, cried like a baby. One of two occasions that I cried during this episode. Like a baby
0: with a <gasps> thick moustache.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i also i hate to admit this i i also cried during the salute oh no really those are two mm. consecutive notes in my in my bullet point list that I just like cried at the armistice cried at the salute and then i've just written <laughs> clara Nodol. so <laughs>
0: <Cuddle. laughs> you did not cry just, just threw a curtain of tears
1: <laughs> oh take this in the best possible way drew i thought of you when <laughs> when Nodol went
0: Cuddle. Cuddle.
1: <laughs> oh my god
2: me too me too <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hope that whenever everyone uses the word cuddle from now on, they will inexorably <laughs> think of me going cuddle. But Laugh. Did it-
2: but did it save it the second time? Was it no. better?
0: No
2: <laughs> that it was a callback to something I hated?
0: Oh yeah, now I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is not in my notes, but it's just on me. Did we not get to see some other race that did effectively the same thing as testimony in um i I want to say demons of the Punjab? oh yeah. Isn't yes. there a like just before you die element yes. to whatever no, no, no. it is they're doing? I don't remember what it, they, they do. Is
2: that is that the one that's like we don't want anyone to die alone, so they come and ah uh, yes, yeah. So so
1: why isn't there was, a demon of the first Jim... job
2: next to literally every
1: single glass avatar? <laughs>
2: But there's so many people, this is like, I, this is what Jim said, and he was like, I think either I've read it somewhere, or Drew said it, he's, he did credit it to you, Drew, that like, we've <laughs> already had this discussion about how many people are lined up waiting for you to have your last breath, and they're ready to jump in and, like, and do something to you, like to upload you to the thing, or to be your companion, or whatever it is, and yeah, now there's another one, there's just like a whole bunch of people surrounding every person as they die. Yeah.
1: those bloody glass avatars they just have to tell every alien is like excuse me sorry coming through sorry everyone sorry glass avatar sorry everyone coming coming through sorry would you mind
2: thank you okay and then they make a copy just for two minutes guys (laughs) you can have him back yeah yeah. It's getting a bit much now. I feel like there are other moments in a person's life that we can look at. It doesn't all have to be around the moment exact moment of death. Yeah, exactly.
1: We've now we've done that, just like I feel we've also done the end of the universe. I don't want to see yeah. another thing that's said at the end of the universe. Exactly. Me neither. Yes. We've been We've there. done
0: human death and the death of the universe to death.
1: Yeah. And the death yeah. of the earth at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Done. Done with it.
0: (laughs) Go elsewhere. Yeah. Crumbs. I've got something to say about something we said already. Which is, we've talked, just talked about how this happens at the exact second before you die. Lethbridge-Stewart has to be returned to that exact second, and he has to die. And then the Doctor can just shunt the time frame two hours so Toby Whithouse, Toby Whithouse has died of exposure at this point, being like, I'm, I'm <laughs> pointing my gun at a ripple. Like, is he there or not? It's a mirage. Toby Whithouse is long dead. And how can he do that? How do you get away with that? You've just said that's impossible. You've said for the last hour it's impossible.
2: Yeah. I feel like that's Christmas waffle. I think that's, that's the that's thing. That's good enough. No, it's not. I, 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 I anticipated
0: like, that someone would say that. I thought it would be Leon rather than you. But <laughs> even if Moffat himself is saying that to my face, I'm like, no, you can do better. Just because it's Christmas doesn't mean you have to be lazy.
2: As I was watching this, I don't I think was it's... Thinking, like, I, I'm b I was thinking, I was being super critical of it, and I was trying to think, like when I watched this on Christmas Day, was I more... Like, merry from all the Christmas dinners and the turkeys and the beers and the whatevers and, like, did the you brave just, in The gravy oh. and the Oh, yum. And the pigs in blankets. <laughs> um, <laughs> like would you give it more of a pass whereas now I'm like it's two weeks after Christmas I am not in a festive mood like I mean I'd still have the tree up but that's going soon um (laughs) and I don't I don't know what that would have like what bearing that would have on how you read this episode but yeah no there was too much hand waving at the end it's supposed, to have, it's supposed to have moved time for everyone. Maybe everyone was frozen for two hours. I think everyone was frozen. Yeah. Th- th- that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I don't think that anyone
1: is wobbling anywhere. Like, I, I think that's the IT error. Rather than time freezes and there is no change, time freezes and Mark uh, well, Lethbridge Stewart's uh, Daigle's steps out of the freeze. But isn't no?
2: the, the point is that the time is frozen and that's why everybody else is frozen. So if times move forward, how the doctor just froze on everybody in that war at least if not everybody
0: oh uh,
1: now i see what you're but saying The whole yeah. point,
0: anyway regardless of whether he can flip time forward two hours or not is that bagel's dad has to go back to die the whole testimony foundation thing was we are taking him from the exact moment before his death he must go back to die immediately and he doesn't and i get that the universe generally isn't a fairy tale but this one time because i've realized my fairy-like purpose in it, it
2: can be ha ha ha, but oh, really? But no, but no, you're no, but you're totally right.
1: I'm so sorry, I totally misunderstood you before.
2: Yeah, and it's really sorry, terrible Marie. because if everybody is frozen, it's like oh, the this singing happens at, you know, two minutes past blah de blah, and so we'll jump to that time. But the thing is there's steps oh, that... they wouldn't. Exactly. You need to take the steps yeah. up to that point. So at the point where they freeze time and this German and British soldier are at you know, gunpoint. Everybody else is also at gunpoint with someone. Is about to, you know, they're at war, and it takes two hours for them to, you know, retreat back into their camps. Maybe realize it's Christmas Day, crack open a brandy, have a few drinks, get into the Christmas spirit, start to thing. Like that doesn't just happen without the build-up. So by freezing everyone and jumping yeah, forward right. two hours in time, it would just push everything back two hours. It wouldn't. It wouldn't just wouldn't happen it have now. been better if
1: yeah. You're totally right. Wouldn't it have been better to, rather than give Doc credit for this, give uh, Bagel's dad credit for it? So he goes back into the... It, it, Doc doesn't move time by two hours. Yeah. Uh, Bagel's dad climbs back into the crater. It turns out the time that they fr- froze time was exactly right ahead of the singing. And when he goes back, they unfreeze time. And instinctively, even though he doesn't remember what's just been happening during this uh, special episode... He just puts his gun down, yeah, and he tries to reason with him unarmed as a human being, and the other soldier also puts his gun down, or at the very least, then we start hearing song in the background, and that prompts him to put his gun down, and he survives, and Bagels has a dad uh, whom he looks up to and wants to be like, and that's why he joins the army and becomes the leader of the unit.
2: Yeah, that would have been so much better.
1: Oh, Moff.
2: Oh, Moff. Yeah. I I mean maybe
0: there's a possibility that the IT error was they plucked the wrong guy out and it wasn't just from a second before his death, but they don't explain it. Um the doctor wouldn't think, oh, well it was obviously that error so I'm going to mess with time. His messing with time should bring everything crashing down. Uh but yeah. yeah. While while Moff did mishandle this a bit, I'm glad that it wasn't so crass. <laughs> for the doctor, to just hop into a trench and whisper to a German, "Steal a nut, and then hop into a British trench. Go silent night, and they think it's <laughs> a good idea. And
2: I don't or... think I don't think he would have needed to do that. It could have just been no. like put I'm him back, and it, but it would have been good. Yeah, just put him back, and the doctor not to know to kind of actually believe that it was put him to his death. And then hear the singing and look at his watch and go, "Oh shit! I didn't realize this was the time." Like that would have been really nice if it actually yeah. wasn't the, the Doctor save the day in the end. And then it
0: doesn't lessen the power of the moment. Yeah, if if there's no evil yeah. plan, the Doctor doesn't have to save the day. Exactly. He could just let this wonderful piece of history stand on its own merit. Yeah. Mm. Ah well, <laughs> <laughs> Marie. I think you were about to bring up Rusty. Oh yeah,
2: I was about to bring up Rusty. Rusty the. Ooh, what about him? Well, I don't know. Where did he come from? What's all this about? Yeah, what's the deal with Rusty? <laughs> I mean, why? <laughs> like, just this random? I don't know. Like that seemed like a really weird callback.
1: What is Rusty do? Rusty is meant to be billions of years old in this episode. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. How is he still alive? Why is he have... not rusty? She's <laughs> yeah. he made of now.
1: Of course, yeah, Dalekanium, yeah. No, you're right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't corrode.
0: But no, Marie's <laughs> right. Right, he, he should be goop that would be seeping into a Dalek sewer a la yeah. Magician's
2: Apprentice. Yes. Yeah, it just seemed um, a bit convenient, I think. I don't know.
1: Is it just to get Nick Briggs in on the moth... Farewell episode, yeah, oh yeah, that's it that, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, th- yes, correct, <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I don't know, what do you think, drew, shrug from drew, I think it's bullshit that it's not Davros, mm. I was absolutely convinced that it was Davros up until the point that we found out that it wasn't <laughs> as in like up until the point that we saw Rusty and I just went, who's rusty, yeah, and then when we get the line, oh you you remember when I slipped inside of you like a gentleman that. <laughs> (laughs) 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 Up until that point, I had no idea who he was. What is Rusty doing? Rusty hates Daleks, right? He wants to mm. destroy Daleks. Is that why all the Daleks are destroyed around him? Yeah, he's why don't they go th-
0: up and kill him? They're not destroyed at all. They're just scuttling hither and yon.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. The tanks are destroyed. The shells are destroyed. Why don't the other Daleks go up, upstairs and just like rip him to shreds?
2: I really hate how the Daleks move as well. This like super fast scuttling thing just doesn't look like realistic at all. Okay. That really bothered me.
1: Do you uh, do you feel that the Daleks were maybe like I? Yeah, you know, I don't want to ask a leading question. Do, would you like to have seen a different role for the Daleks in this? And if so, what would that role have been? And if not Daleks, which other alien race?
2: Uh, yeah, I just don't feel like it needed a Dalek. Like it just seems like I don't know, just putting them in there for the sake yeah. of it. Yeah, fair. I also I just feel like everything was stretched a bit thin, and like the storyline with the. Glass people didn't have time to really do anything because were, everything else was pulled in a lot of directions. So why, why throw in the Daleks as well? Why not just spend more time fleshing out this new alien? Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, the whole point of a bait and switch is that the switch is better, right? <laughs> 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 because ordinarily... Were you to actually have a Doctor Who episode with high stakes, as you usually get, Bradley's, sorry, Nartnell's unguarded talk to Bill down in the garden would come back to bite him. Like, she would be gathering information from him. She would find his motivation for leaving the planet more than just running away. Like, what was he actually looking to discover? And then Mm. Davros would be up at the top of the tower, and he would be twisting this information to be undercutting the doctor I'm trying to dismantle him psychologically and we'd have a fantastic clash and instead we get the testimony foundation because people are just memories hooray (laughs) Hmm.
1: again i don't know how to top that
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm falling into the trap that i always fall into though of slamming an episode for an hour and a half i actually quite enjoyed I want to say at this point that there are too many good, fun lines for me to keep track of. I started trying to list them, and I realised I was just writing out most of the script. Moffat has a quip for every single occasion. And I laughed, and I enjoyed it as it went along. So, just wanted to get that out there.
2: Just going to say, it sounded like, Leon, rather than asking a leading question, like... It sounded like you had something to say about the Daleks and how they were used. Well, I, I,
1: I think the Daleks would just include it because do, if you ask anyone which alien race they associate with, which fictional alien race they associate with Doctor Who, it's going to be the Daleks. And if this is the last chance you have at making a Doctor Who episode, you're probably going to include the Daleks. Because if you include Cybermen, isn't everyone going to go like, oh, your last episode, was it a Dalek? Episode? Oh, it was a Cyber... Yeah, right, well... Don't you kind of regret it? Yeah, I I feel like you have to make a Dalek episode. But if you're going to make a Dalek episode, then make it a Dalek episode. The scurrying Daleks were, I thought, kind of cool. But what was missing for me was what the shit Rusty was up to. Either he succeeded, and those scurrying Daleks are just literally all that's left of Dalek kind, and they don't stand a chance against him, and now he's ready to die because he's served his purpose in a way or he hasn't but like why is he why is he up in a tower plugged into some sort of playstation like what what what's the what's the dealio what does he do what what is his deal <laughs> rusty is the guy who when doc leaves rusty
0: goes didn't even ask me how i was feeling you know well yeah the, uh, <laughs> there should have been a short post credit sequence of rusty unfreezing his whisk his weapon has been tossed into the next room. He's got no yeah. way of going and getting it back and reattaching it. And you just hear little scuttling noises. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: Rusty is done for. He's about to be j- just shat out of a hundred scurrying little Daleks.
2: And then they're going to take his w- testimony. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, 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 why didn't we get to see that? Yeah.
1: Why don't we? Wait, hang on. Does testimony only collect humans?
2: Well, Nardo's not human.
1: Oh, you're right. That oh, oh, yeah, right.
2: is right. Oh, Marie, right. you've done
1: it again. Oh, oh, I'm I'm being so racist. He <laughs> looked like a human to me, so I just
0: went human. <laughs> Um, Do you think when Ross was summarily killed inside Rusty three series ago, there was a very tiny little miniaturized testimony just shrunk down in there? <laughs> Probably.
1: Probably. And now they are tiny little glass avatars. Pe- people are still just like, they're like the tiny little dudes in Men in Black, you know? They're like, oh God, everywhere.
0: <laughs> oh Yeah, Ross is just forever shouting up, Oh, it's bad enough. Dying. Step on me. I'm made out of glass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Every day is a potential Jewish wedding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can make that joke, Podcast Land. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. My thing with Rusty, he's hooked up to a PlayStation. I wanted to see what a Dalek would be like if they went down the Sarah Connor in Terminator 2 route. Like a Dalek that had pumped itself up to the max, turned into a complete mega revenge-driven badass. That's the Rusty I want to see.
1: Yeah, <laughs> why doesn't Rusty go, wait, you glass glass avatars, you have time travel technology. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could uh, maybe two birds, one Rusty. And then <laughs> <laughs> he travels back in time and kills every Dalek who's ever existed.
0: Yeah. R- rusty, sh- at this point, should look like the special weapons Dalek, crossed with uh, what the Incredible Hulk became at the end of. No, uh, what crossed with what Mr. Hyde became at the end of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> like oh. The oh. super steroidal it's nice. version, but, yeah, but nice. tank shaped. That's the Rusty I want to see go travelling through time, blasting through the centre of Scaro. <laughs> There's a comic in this, at least. land. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got a thing. Ooh. Yeah, it's about Capaldi, because we haven't plumbed what his character is going through fully <laughs> Plum. Yep. Capaldi has been alive for 2000 years and he's uh-huh. even more sick of losing he's tired of losing people in this episode back in the girl who died which was when he made me immortal in the first place he was saying to clara then i'm so sick of losing sick of losing people he said i'll do what i always do i'll, I'll get back in my box and run and run And it's what he eventually ends up doing here. And it's a really nice callback. And that was also the scene in which he realized why he had this face. Who frowned me this face? He saw the reflection of Kykilius in a barrel of water. And it's like, oh, that was right in the middle of his run, pulling back from the beginning of his run. And now we're getting a callback to that from the very end of his run. It's it's nice. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he has been so weary. And this is the, I mean, when he's on the battlefield and he's talking about this battlefield is what my life is like and I'd shatter all of you. Ah, oh. I mean, th- there's no better actor to deliver that than Capaldi's or no doctor, better doctor than the 12th doctor, is there?
1: No, probably not. No, probably not. Uh, I mean, some of this stuff is probably Capaldi retrospective material. But yeah, no, probably not. Do you buy his lack of desire to regenerate?
2: This is what I wanted to talk about, because it feels super, super dark, like, more than anything else we've seen. Because we've had so many Doctors be like, I'm not ready to change. Like, I want to be this Doctor for longer. And we're used to them kind of resisting... Regeneration in that way, but he doesn't, he knows he's dying. He says to Rusty, I think, he's like, scam me, like, I am dying, my body is decaying, and he just doesn't have the will to live anymore. And that's like incredibly sad. And I don't know if the episode gives it enough gravitas for what he's actually asking.
0: I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? Because we all know that the 13th Doctor's already been cast and the, and the series can't end here. So if they spent loads and loads of time on it, it might run the risk of being too much. Do you want, do you want too little or too much? Well, imagine if he thought... I want the just the
2: right amount, was... Drew.
0: <laughs> find the truth, in the <laughs> That's a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, well, imagine that he thought that he was not going to regenerate, and then out of nowhere the regeneration takes over and he's just take- he's taken by surprise by it. Or maybe he doesn't even notice, he thinks he's dying. He thinks he's died, and then boom, he turns into Whitaker. Mm. Is that a better alternative? You give him the agency to choose when to end it? And then the person who signed the latest contract with the BBC takes over anyway.
0: I mean, that's I an alternative. I mean, Capaldi could do it. Capaldi could do anything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, but he Ms. changes Capaldi. his mind. He changes his mind in the end, doesn't he? He does, like, let it happen. It's not something that takes That's over. true. Is that too abrupt? Yeah, probably. And I, do you know what? I was looking up a line at the end because I wrote it in my notes and my handwriting is so appalling I couldn't actually read what it said so I went to the transcript to see and yeah and it's all at the end it's Bill and all being like uh, he says, "Like, can I ever have peace? Can't I rest?" And they're like, "Of course you can. It's your choice." Blah blah, blah. And it just feels like they're like from the script, at least. These, it feels oh, like there's these two little like people on his shoulder being like, "Oh, go on. You don't really want to die, do you? Come on, like just one more life."
1: And yeah, but they're two people on the same shoulder, <laughs> weighing him down slowly but surely, giving him scoliosis and convincing him to regenerate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah, it's just like, so the line that I pulled up that I wanted to mention was like, at the end, he's talking about we're all memories. Do you do you know how many of you I could fill? I would shatter you. My testimony would shatter oh. all of you. Like it's a good, it's a good scene. And then he ends it by saying, "What happens now? Where I go, it has to be alone." And it's that's really, really sad. And it and it makes me having now seen like Whitaker's run and how cut off from her companion she is. She doesn't connect with the in the same way that previous doctors have. It feels like that's kind of running into that. And he's like kind of closed the door on like these relationships almost and decided that he's going to be alone from now on if i'm going to continue in this life i'm going to protect myself above all else like self-preservation and not allow Mm. myself to be this hurt again when inevitably people i love keep dying and it's just super duper sad and then the next line is fucking nod or saying cuddle it's like <laughs> <laughs> come on like they don't oh, they don't give it enough time so to like out of touch land. yeah it's awful <laughs> so yes like it's a good scene but I, but also at the same time they've turned it into a comedy thing they throw these little like comedy lines in which i don't think these little are, cuddle like, lines in yeah exactly.
0: boff but I, I could still buy uh, – well, first first of all, I want to say I really love what your theory about the 13th Doctor has remembered this state of being he'd reached at the end of the 12th Doctor. And I, I want to see if that checks out, like, when Whittaker could perhaps relate to the fam – like, is she holding back? Like, is Chibnall working to a master plan that we just didn't perceive before? And is everything going to click into place if we look at it with this in mind? I would love for that to be the case. Not convinced.
2: <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> Maybe though, it would be cool if it was. <laughs> I
1: agree. I think it's a fantastic interpretation of it. My assumption was that he was referring very much to dying as opposed to his entire, you know, indefinite future and future inca- incarnations as Whitaker and whoever the next Doctor is and the Doctor after that. It, I, I thought it was more like, well, where I'm going, in brackets, to the TARDIS to explode and die, I need to do that on my own. You know, going to his elephant's graveyard, basically.
0: <laughs> I'm now looking at the transcript. Here we go. As well, all right, and I think the doctor. When he says, what happens now, where I go now, it has to be alone. There's still the possibility that he is going to die. I don't think it's decided for him at this point. I think where he actually turns is when he says, the TARDIS, as the transcript says, beeps, flashes and burbles at him. And he goes, yes, yes, I know, they'll get it all wrong without me. And that's what turns him back, that one thought. And that, I mean, he that does okay okay no wait i'm seeing it all laid out before me that comes back with the whole theme of the episode to this point which is that bill is trying to get the doctor to realize that the universe needs him and that he is the one keeping it all together and he is the fairy tale element in the universe and he is finally getting it at that point at that very moment that very second and it slipped me by completely I think that was Moffat's intention. But I feel like Why? it, it Why? does slip oh, you by.
2: And the like, if that was the point of the episode, then there needs to be an episode where he's needed. Like, he's not needed in this episode. There's no villain.
1: But this is possibly just an extension of the last episode, because he was already in the process of regenerating in the last episode. Mm. Th- this is just him not having yet unclenched his PC muscle. And he's... Yeah, this is just an episode about him regenerating.
3: Mm.
1: What does this say about the identity of a Time Lord, or of the Doctor, perhaps specifically, at the point of regeneration, when he treats regeneration almost like dying Mm. like I will die I will be replaced by someone else so I'd rather just die and not be replaced by someone else that's that's him almost saying you know what I'm gonna die anyway but I'm gonna deny the next doctor their life yeah that's that's it's an odd moral stance to take I feel
2: See, I don't agree with that. Because I do think the whole thing is he like, isn't. I can't go through this again. Like, I'm exhausted. I've done this enough times. Like, he fully knows it's going to be him again in the next life. And or he her. Can't. Or her, yeah. Fair,
0: fair, fair
1: <laughs> point.
2: <laughs> no, not or her. Like, him, Capaldi, is going to be like the same. P- anyway, whatever. But um, yeah, oh, yeah, I
0: see. He's going to be a subset
2: of the uh, memory bank. The
1: the doctor, the doctor is going to have to go through this again.
2: Yeah, it's not like he's saving a future doctor from that exhaustion. It's that he feels like he can't go through it again. I think if he felt like, well, I'll just die and some other chap is going to take my place, then he wouldn't think so much about it. But it's the fact that I will go on again, but I will be changed. I will lose a part of who I am. And I won't have lovely Nardole with his fabulous invisible hair to cheer me up.
1: Yeah, but if he <laughs> dies, he loses all parts of himself.
2: Yeah, but that's the thing; it, so that's, it still feels that's like, what I mean. well, it's like. I mean, it's it's a, it's a, it's a it. bigger sorry, sorry. thing than just like I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I mean, it's not—it's not quite, but it almost feels as if it's like a suicide. Like he's talking about because he has the power to save himself and he's choosing not to. I guess it's not—it's like a euthanasia, or I don't know what would it be. Okay,
1: in the Whitaker era, how does Capaldi feel? Because from my point of view, I'm inclined to say Capaldi feels nothing in the Whittaker era. Capaldi has died. Capaldi's Doctor has died and been replaced by the Whittaker Doctor, who has an entirely new personality, which maybe contains the memories of Capaldi, but is a a different person to Capaldi's Doctor. So what does it matter to Capaldi if Whittaker takes over or not? Because Capaldi has no idea that that's happening anyway.
2: That's why I don't think this... Is logical because if it if that was the case there's no benefit to him being like well i'd rather die without regenerating than just die yeah, and so, turn yeah, into exactly. someone else yeah so i well, don't is think this the case
1: with every other doctor have other doctors uh, faced the same existential
0: and moral quandary
1: a genuine question because i don't remember
0: i think we've had quite similar discussions now oh. for at least 10 and 11 and 11 and turning into 12 at least one of those has gone very much in this direction but i've totally forgotten about it (laughs) (laughs) good thing you're more than just your memories (laughs) i mean yeah that the doctor could have spoken to this precise point in the episode maybe he hinted at it very slightly but he could have said i i'm the the exact person to tell you that you are just a a a vase full of beautiful flowers that stand for your memories but are that much less than a person because mine carry on and mm. I take them all with me as I change and you guys can't change anymore. And I've got to go and keep changing. And how much of a burden is that for me? You guys get to live forever in this heaven like state set up by new earth. And I've got to keep going. So yeah, maybe if, maybe if Moffat was just a little less fond of memories, you could have hit that sweet spot. That, that just right that Marie's opened my mind to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Okay, so he makes the decision. He is going to regenerate. He has his final words. We get the Capaldi soliloquy. This is
0: Capaldi's last acting. His last grandstanding tour de force. Exactly. Holy smokes. Yes. After this,
1: there is no more Capaldi in this universe how do you feel about his uh, his soliloquy his final exit monologue does it accurately encapsulate who he was as the doctor is it how is it delivered do you believe it do you believe Capaldi as he delivers it etc lots and lots of questions at once pick any any <laughs> any edge uh, of that gigantic area stop and- talking about edging
2: and move towards the center (laughs) (laughs) um i will start by saying that i didn't love it actually um yeah i just it felt a bit just corny and like what you're expected to say there's all this like you know always try to be nice but never fail to be kind laugh hard run fast be kind like Okay, we get it. Like it's similar things that all the other doctors have said, and then the ways that I don't know he then tries to be quirky. He says something about don't eat pears, which comes out of nowhere and really annoys me. Yeah, that's me. bullshit. Yeah, not the um, only thing that's
1: bullshit about this monologue.
2: By the way, I totally okay. agree. With I'm you. not. I know. I'm <laughs> not done fact, yet. I totally know where you're going. Um, oh, <laughs> I
1: know exactly that you know exactly.
2: You mustn't tell anyone your knows name. Too. No one will understand it except the children. What? Why would children understand it? When has this ever been come up? Like, wh- Has Kapadi ever even met a child? Like, what the fuck is this? No, it really annoys
0: warms to children. It's an arc of his. Is it? Oh, he spent so
1: much time, so many seconds intently zooming in on him while he goes, kids, kids will get it. Kid kids can, you can you. understand your name.
0: You're uh, oh, just jealous because there's no one else, never anyone else. Not cynical middle-aged Not podcasters. But no. I do, you know,
2: do you know who else can understand his name? His wife, River Song, who got told his name. Like, yeah, and the master. And the master, yeah. yeah. Like,
1: and, this, I'm, I'm this willing to bet literally bullshit. anyone from Gallifrey.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: <laughs> on Gallifrey, his, his name is teacher. the equivalent of, like, Thomas or yeah. Patrick. <laughs> like it's it's not like oh his name is something that we've never heard before what it, it's not like he was named by his parents what's uh elon musk named his kid you know his name is just a name and everyone will <laughs> know what it is and what it means it's utter bullshit no, it's as, not out of you... nowhere
0: I'll, let me explain it for you oh really okay moffat is talking about how he has the cold hard computational rational positivist view of the universe but doctor who is the one point where he can believe in fairy tales again and he is trying to hit the fairy tale button for children He is trying to write like the perfect end to a fairy tale in fairy tale language it can't make sense and he's sort of hoping it will land in this otherworldly fairy tale way and it just doesn't it just doesn't at all maybe kids are pandered to and they're like oh that's nice but everyone else is like
2: what <laughs> and i do wonder whether that this comes from it being a christmas episode as well and you're very aware that like the whole family every generation will be sat around and there will be children sat watching with you which they might not always and you're trying to hook them in young.
0: Yeah, and at that point, they're grinning, and they laugh at you, and you tickle them back, and they're like, stop tickling me! I'm not ticklish! And you're like, okay, child, it <laughs> over. Go and get a job. Something like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I still feel like it was given the wrong kind of emphasis. It, it was given the emphasis that you give it foreshadowing in my mind. But
2: I don't think in the same way that you were like said as one doctor dies, the next one is reborn and they don't carry on. I don't think like they've yeah. ever set up things that carry on between when it's changing showrunners and the doctor and the uh, companions, like everything's starting afresh. I don't think they've ever done that before. That would be such a weird thing to throw in.
1: But it, I mean, fair enough. It, yeah, fair enough. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I can see that I probably am wrong <laughs> about this. If it was intended as a this is a Christmas special kind of thing, then it was a
3: failure.
2: Yeah, but because you're not a children lover. Everybody else out there with sat, cuddled up next to the, you know, the little six-year-old who's watching their first Doctor Who episode, they'd look at the kid and be like, yeah, children really are our future. That's who they're looking for. Just don't try to tickle them. That's the scene I was (laughs) describing.
0: Yeah, it it is weird because he sort of starts off the speech with these very basic sort of doctory commandments in a way Mm. and then he goes back to them again afterwards and kindness is hammered home so before and after and way before this scene even because in Moffat's eyes it's fundamental and it is fundamental but yeah this really capsizes the whole speech essentially doesn't it with if you take that out you have got a really nice little paragraph but with it in it's this unwieldy lump (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> lump <laughs>
1: uh, i mean
2: yeah i
0: guess so yeah he's going for Raxacoricofallapatorius, and he's getting clom
2: <laughs> i just can't tell you how much i hate the pears line as well it just drives me bananas <laughs> i can't deal with it <laughs> But I guess, is he trying to hark back to, like, previous doctors? Because I don't think I've ever heard of Capaldi eating anything weird. But does that hark back to Matt Smith and the fish, fingers and custard thing? And then the whole, like, at the end he says, run fast somewhere. Laugh hard, run fast, be kind. Is that harking back to Tennant? And they're like, oh, didn't we run? Like, is that Tennant or is that Matt Smith as well? Didn't we run fast? Did they say that at some point?
0: Isn't that Eccleston? Well, Eccleston's it's first Eccleston. word is, boom, run. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's trying to like hark back to different doctors in his send-off, and that's why it feels a bit disingenuous, because they don't really relate to him. Well, I'm Googling it,
0: and oh. let me read from a, an article I found on Inverse.com. In oh, the here thir- we go. In the third season episode, Human Nature, the doctor, then David Tennant, was briefly transformed into John Smith, who possessed none of the doctor's memories. In a deleted scene, the doctor told Martha to never let me eat pears,
2: because he just hated them. So yeah, so it's a Tenant line. Oh. It's not a Capaldi yeah. line. Yeah. And
1: then. Hoggins back to the start of Moff.
0: Well, no, it's before. And then Tenant eats a pear as John Smith to show that he's not himself. He's not the doctor. Oh, you, no,
1: sorry, you're right. You're absolutely. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, of course. But it's that, was that, this is deep
0: RTD.
2: But did Moffat write that episode?
1: No. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm just totally wrong.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I think this is just an Easter egg. And it's not mm. the place for that deep cut of an easter egg
2: no it's really really (laughs) not it's just it's so out of place so yeah so a little bit of a letdown to be honest for the final scene is it really a letdown because
0: capaldi brings it you know he puts his full commitment to it okay he's delivering bad lines but he's delivering them with everything he's got and so even when he's talking complete nonsense i can't help but respect the
2: guy (laughs) and the character a
0: little bit yeah
1: yeah
2: I think I do agree. I think he he always delivers. I you know, I like Pauly. Um but I just think the dialogue just took me out of my enjoyment of that scene. I don't think even as brilliant as he is, it wasn't enough to save it for me.
1: Yeah, I know I know what you mean. I mean, he might be my favorite Doctor in a sense. In in some ways, he is my favorite New Who Doctor, but this is not my favorite Doctor farewell.
2: Mm. And I feel like we have because he has been such a good Doctor, and I think he's my favorite as well. I think he I always go up. Oh, course, getting but, a little fickle, here. But um, like you want it like to be a really impressive like finale his last scene, you want him to be like the best of everything we've seen of him for the last three <laughs> series. Um, and I just don't think it was. Which is a shame. But then it leads into, with this in mind, with this like, I'm not really sold by this speech, it then like um transitions into, well, they have the regeneration, and then we get Whitaker, and the first thing that happens, she like holds her arms out and this ring drops to the floor. And again, is this ring important? It just seemed like such a weird little detail in there. Is it just to show that... doesn't ring a bell to me. She has small hands. I don't know. I just, like, just seem like... You have a a woman's hands! Exactly. It's like, oh, "Oh, yeah, we've got to make it really clear that she's very tiny. Like, you know, non all. Oh, that's not at all
1: what I was uh, thinking. What were you thinking? The, the parallel that I uh, I made in my mind was Matt Smith's bow tie. We've never had any kind of focus on Capaldi's rings, but mm. the equivalent to the bow tie would otherwise have been: Whitaker grabs his guitar and just like full on Guns and Roses it against a wall, like just <laughs> breaks the shit out of it. And that's not going to happen. So we need something. She's going to still wear the same coat and the same shoes and everything else. He's not wearing a hat. He's not wearing glasses. Like there's nothing else that can fall. And he hasn't actively taken anything off. So the ring falling to the floor is the equivalent of Matt Smith taking off his bow tie and just letting that drop. To me, anyway, but but um, I mean, maybe there is a deeper meaning to it. But when I was watching it the other day, I did not read that into it.
2: Mm. I don't it's, know. I just it's it's really just nice wish. Enough. I just wish that I'd noticed the ring before to know any time, like, <laughs> like at any point. <laughs> Um, yeah actually you do, had
1: years to just like fiddle with his ring
2: exactly uh, if that you, had been a little get thing your that mind out of the
1: gossip podcast land
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but actually we i can't remember what it was but something i wanted to check a line so we went and rewound it and watched it a little bit and it does happen to have a close-up of the ring in this episode and so it feels like they've introduced like oh look there's a ring that's gonna be important later and yeah <laughs> Just felt really cheesy. Yeah, agreed. But even so, I would like
0: to say at this point that I still feel the rush that I felt the first time I saw this when they're taking their sweet time to properly focus on Jodie Whittaker's face. And I remember all the hope and all the promise from that moment. And when she goes, oh, brilliant. It just floods over me every single time, even though I know what's come since. It's oh, yeah. it, it, such a moment Okay, well, that's the end of the episode So, shall we rate the thing? Let's And now it is time to rate this Did we laugh or hate this? Bing-bong, bing-bong, hey, la, 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 la la Ratings Leon Bubbler, how about you go first?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, what can I say about this episode That I haven't already expressed In now two episodes of Who Back When Twice Upon a Time Or TWAT for short so that's T-U-A-T is a, an emotional ride for so many reasons. Not the least one being that it is Capaldi's finale. Obviously, the Moff knows precisely. Oh, <laughs> for the past two two hours and a bit, we've put it on pedestals. We've torn those pedestals down. We've put them on put it on new pedestals. We've torn those <laughs> pedestals down. We have exalted and ripped into this episode like crazy. But I think it's fair to say that Moff knows exactly how to craft an app that at once tugs at our heartstrings, cement him as one of the greats, and gets one of his mates a tasty extra day's work on set. What a stroke of genius to get the first doc involved before handing over to Chibbers, as this marks... The end of the beginning as much as it does the beginning of the end. I'm really sorry. Um, I'll save my thoughts on Capaldi for our bonus retrospective, I think. Coming up soon, podcast land. So subscribe now if you're not already, and tell your friends. Um, But I loved him and I I miss him dearly. And I will say that when I watch this, I don't think I realized how much I would miss Capaldi, and I truly, truly miss him as the Doctor. As for the foe, there wasn't a foe. There was not a foe. There was a no. I enjoy the concepts of the glass avatars, but I would have believed that mankind in the year 5 billion and 2 would have evolved into glass avatars entirely on their own, more so than, you know... Literally nothing happened in terms of changing our physiology in five billion years. That's crazy bananas. As far as the companions and concerned, well, I think my favorite companion here is the first doctor. There are a lot of decent situational comedy bits with him and Gattis or Gates, or with him and Capaldi. Um, even a couple of uh, really lovely exchanges between him and Bill. Uh, good times. I said Bill. What a segue. Bill is heartbreakingly <laughs> good. What's her name again? I've forgotten her name. Oh, Mackey. Paul Mackie, thank you. Oh my goodness. Paul Mackie is fantastic. She is amazing. I want to see her in everything. The only thing that I feel is slightly odd about Bill, the character of Bill being in this episode, is that they didn't talk about Cybermen in her case, because this is at the intersection of Hartnell's farewell and, well, this point in Capaldi's timeline, and Hartnell's farewell is the 10th planet, which is the first cyber episode. Like There would have been some element of her going, yes, I know. I've been turned into a Cyberman. Who? Oh, what can you do? Uh, don't you see me as a Cyberman? And and him going, oh, oh, so it's like your kind that caused all of this shit for me. You know, th- there's th- there's a missed opportunity there. Anyway. Those are all firsts. Mostly with this episode, I'm concerned with Losts, though. This is the last time that we see Capaldi. The last time that we see his companions. The last time we see his Todd is beautiful. The last time for a while that we get some decent writing and character development I've written here. I'm really sorry. Uh, (laughs) The last time that we see this intro animation, originally inspired by a fan, uh, Billy Hanshaw, I looked up his name. The last time that we hear this theme music. Gorgeous. And so, in conclusion, I will say, oddly, weirdly, when we did our Insta ish reaction review i gave this a numerical score i, I give this a 3.9 that time and for <laughs> oh, the marie's face that you
3: didn't wow see, wow.
1: Like... wow oh wow. <laughs> a chin r- hit the floor podcast land <laughs> Ama- <laughs> amazing amazing <laughs> quite literally holding her jaw up right now and I think, oh, I mean, it, it, that expression makes me want to change my mind a little bit. But I, I think, for partly different reasons than I did the first time around, I, 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 I don't care. Um, I don't want to change. I don't want to regenerate into someone else. I'm going to stick stick around a little bit, and I'm giving it once again a three point
0: nine. Wow, <laughs> Marie, would you like to take that down a,
2: a peg? I would. I would. <laughs> Here we go. I would like. <laughs> To try. That's interesting. What an interesting (laughs) (laughs) score. I'm so
1: sorry that was such a long mini.
2: I feel like we were watching different episodes there. I don't know. (laughs) So, yeah, pick up on something you've just pointed out to me that I wasn't aware of was the Cyberman link and how nice that would have been because one of my kind of biggest, maybe, I don't know if it's biggest, but one of my bugbears with this episode is just what is the first Doctor doing there other than fan service? Like, there's no real reason. He just appears there. He doesn't massively push... The story along he's just this old granddad that like just isn't developed like there are definitely some like you know cute interactions and good lines and stuff but I don't know I would have not missed him if he wasn't there I don't think and in my head, that would have given the rest of the episode more of a time to develop itself. Because I just feel like it was stretched too thin. And now you've thrown this in. It's like, why didn't they go with that? Why didn't they link the two properly and make that the? St- if that's going to be, you know, take up half the screen time, then make that the storyline. Don't just have it as this random side character. Anyway, yeah, I just didn't really enjoy, enjoy this episode. I found, oh, no. I found that. <laughs> It was really ham fisted in places. It was really like clunky and over the top. Like the music was almost like so distracting. It was like that, like a comedy thing in the background a lot of the time. There were a few times when (laughs) there were lines that were really. Like we've already talked about, you know, Capaldi's having his deep moment at the end, and Nadal comes in with cuddles. <laughs> Similarly, the first Doctor's having a moment when he's seen all his future selves as the War Doctor, and he's having this existential crisis, being like, "Is this what I turn into?" And Capaldi just throws it off with like, "To be fair, they cut all the jokes out." It's like, no, this is not the time. Like, it didn't—you didn't let that sit for long enough for it to mean something before you then turned it into a joke. I thought all the CGI was terrible. (gasps) (laughs) and i and okay so the note that i wrote here was um that i don't think the ending is fair because the ending well not the final final ending but the ending in the world war one the trenches where they all start singing and it's such a well-known piece of history that is so emotional and so like poignant and It felt like it got thrown on the end of a not great episode and it did. And it pulls on your heartstrings and it did get me a little bit emotional as well. And I was like, for that scene alone, you're getting me. But there wasn't enough build up to it. I didn't care enough about the character. It it was relying too heavily on the history of that scene for me to fill in the emotional blanks that it, that's what made me cry if i did cry made you cry anyway at least someone cried uh- <laughs> i cried <laughs> <laughs> but it just didn't it didn't feel like this episode deserved that as an ending um and now we can't go back there now they've used it and that's a shame so yeah and Clara was thrown in there and underused Nardole came back for some reason like there was it was just all over the place and I didn't enjoy the finale of Capaldi and that felt like such a letdown so yeah I'm sure there are definitely good bits in it. Every, I'm sure I've written down some good bits and there are definitely like you know, funny lines, and um Mark Gattis is good, and yada yada yada. But uh, yeah, it wasn't for me, so I will give it a two point two. <gasps> <I think. laughs> because it's Christmas. Because but, it's Christmas. But, oh, oh but, man! But
0: the, but it's the, not like Marie; it's January. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm really sorry.
1: Yeah, I, I I've already noted it down. I'm in no way questioning. It, but did did you did you feel that Amy Pond was underused in the time of the doctor
0: sounds like a question
2: to me does sound like a question to me Um, (laughs) I'm not questioning your rating is what I'm saying this is the one where she just appears out of nowhere at the end yeah I mean yeah this is Matt Smith's farewell yeah she shouldn't have been there either like but this is what well, no, they shouldn't. <laughs> if you were gonna, that's what if you, Yeah, you shouldn't do it. And if you're going to do it, and okay. you're going to yeah. do an episode about memory, and he's had uh-huh. his memory wiped, and he that's doesn't a good point, actually. remember her, make oh, yeah. that a fo- like. There are so many opportunities here, which is maybe why oh, it's so that's frustrating. A, that's a really good point. Yeah, like do okay. something with no, it. Don't just show all her. Of it. That's a, that's a great point.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You'll let me have my rating. <laughs> It's your rating, regardless. I'm not. I'm not denying you your rating. No, I, that's a, that's a super duper good point. It's a. It's an episode about memory. <laughs> I'm. I'm sorry, I questioned it. <laughs> Drew, come on, go for it.
0: It seems like the key phrase here is missed opportunities, and I agree that Clara is one of the biggest ones, even beyond. The annoying factor where she says, don't go forgetting me again, because quite frankly, that was offensive. When she was the one who wiped his memories, sod off, by the way. (laughs) That's true. true. (laughs) Which just soured me instantly. I would have liked to see her interact with the first doctor as well, because Mm. she is now the one who showed him the correct TARDIS to steal. And oh, he yeah. could have remembered her. And that would have been a nice way of giving oh. her something else to do. And the first doctor is right there. And so that you're missing nice. an opportunity for both of them mm-hmm. yeah. to come together. And Murray is so right. Um, he is completely underdone. In the day of the doctor, you had Matt Smith, current doctor, David Tennant, like comic relief, levity, previous doctor. And then you had John Hurts as the war doctor going through some serious shit. And here, We get the doctor from the 60s serving the David Tennant role, and nothing juicy (laughs) for him to do. It's all given to Capaldi, which is fine, but it was going to be his anyway. So, why is he there? Missed opportunity. So to get back to the rating that I had actually written, because all that's just been added on the beginning, I said at the start, it's impossible for me to give this a rating, so I don't know what I'm going to say. It's an odd fish. It's weirdly circular, even beyond the circle jerk element of giving all the best roles to your friends who you've enjoyed (laughs) along the way while you've been showrunner. We take a full hour to get back to what we know capaldi needs to do at the beginning and should have done at the end of the last episode and now the first doctor is embroiled in this same process of distension it's taking i don't want to go from the end of tenet and making a whole episode out of it and i don't want to forget celebrating all the showrunners deepest cut quirks in a 60 minute spree of onanism Moffat can't bear to kill anyone off from his run. Not Bill, Clara, not even Nardole. And he doesn't want to forget a single second of his experience, which on the one hand is a lovely sentiment. It's repeated and amplified from Matt Smith's exit. This time, Capaldi and Bill are both talking for Moffat's entire tenure as showrunner, which he obviously loved every exasperating, challenging, nurturing second of, because otherwise he wouldn't be able to wax lyrical in this fashion. The hardest thing about knowing the doctor is letting him go. I really like that the showrunner is saying that rather than thank goodness that's over. But this memories and their lost trope reaches all the way back to the empty child who's forgotten who his mummy is. And we've seen it so many times... Souls have been subroutines. Consciousness in general has been so mistreated that here it's delivered in a shiny new tomb, but the feeling lingers of spiritual abuse to the point of sheer exhaustion. Which isn't to say it's not really enjoyable. Gaitis uh, stumbles in. I don't suppose either of you is a doctor. It's okay, but the way Capaldi says, you're trying to be funny. Oh, I, I feared he would headbutt out through the screen and do the classic glasgow kiss on me i liked how the first doctor uses the same key still to get into the new tardis there's a few false starts but you get there in the end can't you stop boasting for a moment it's capaldi's last speech of defiance it's just as thrilling as his first and he's given so many and i never get tired of it there is the weak browser history joke again that's pretty lame yeah uh so this is getting me no nearer a rating I'm going to give it a two point <laughs> five. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, I almost went up, but there is in a better mood. In a better mood, I would give this a high three, or not a better mood, just a different mood. If can you ask Leon, well, can I ask? No, do... no, no, I... no, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's not about. Goes... It's not a question of order. It's it's about. <laughs> there are so many different. This isn't your average episode of Doctor Who, and so I don't know whether I'm giving it a 2.5 because it's not like the average. I, I sh- In another mood, I would give it much higher purely because it dared to be different and because Moffat was like, this is my statement. I am doing this. I'm not doing what everyone expects this is what I want to say, and he had the balls to go through with it. But then in another mood, I'm like, well, the thing you had the balls to go through with is just recapping everything you most loved about your own episodes. Get over yourself, you egomaniac. So you see how I'm torn between these two extremes. We're not the only people
1: who rated this episode, though.
0: Yeah, let's hope you find some agreement among podcast land. <laughs> <laughs> no minis. now let's hear from podcast land max 250 or it would get out of hand so our first mini comes from tracy, tracy from, from america, america. <laughs> yeah that worked <laughs> yeah almost <laughs> both,
1: <laughs> both <of us> <laughs> <laughs> slowing down to try to let the next one to catch up
0: <laughs> okay so tracy begins and ends appropriately enough just a quick reminder, which I suspect you'll need at the start of this episode, but probably won't actually see until the end. Yeah. Much like River and the Doctor, the Captain and the Brandy are meeting out of order. You're very welcome. It's no trouble at all. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tracy. And if you'd like to follow Tracy, you can find her on Twitter at... You yeah, that's, that's found Tracy. Tracy
1: backwards,
0: almost. Yeah, that <laughs> Why works. are you slowing down, dude? Because you were slowing down. <laughs> no, I like was slowing down. We're slowing down. There's a massive yeah. delay. <laughs> <There's something laughs> You're Tracy. a massive delay. <laughs> Who's next? Why, it's Michael. This will go well.
1: Richway. That went really well. <laughs> I'll <laughs> you, Michael. Michael begins with some likes. <laughs> first like on the list, the politically incorrect first doctor and
2: Bill's reactions.
1: Yep, yeah. agreed.
2: Mm-hmm. Next like, Gattis and the Christmas truce stuff was kind of nice. Oh,
0: yeah, kind of. And Michael's final like is some incredible writing with 12's final speech. Ooh. Oh, well, yeah. Some okay. <laughs> some of it was incredible. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's then time for some. First It's a wee bit unmemorable for a multi-doctor regeneration story. And where's my invading Ragnos or Cyber King to hurl Quality Street rappers at? Rusty's cameo doesn't count. And why does it eject its gun? It makes no sense. That's going to be a pain to fix. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Shit. Where were you when I was doing my mini, Michael? I would have Um, given this a lower score, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
2: We tried to tell you. And Michael continues. After the last episode of being a Cyberman punchbag, why is the Doctor not crawling around with massive internal bleeding? None of the original Doctors could <laughs> refuse to regenerate and fart around for a final adventure. So that would have made, so that would have made the 1996 TV movie way better. Yep. Yes, it would. Non-stop
0: Seventh Doctor. <laughs> farting that was around.
1: That was a fantastic <laughs> beef, Michael.
0: <laughs> Every reference to the Brigadier just rubs salt into the wound that Nicholas Courtney wasn't brought back for even a cameo before he died.
1: Grrr! Michael has one final boof. <sighs> namely,
0: did we really need the
1: Clara cameo? Really, Marie?
2: Really? <laughs> <laughs> no that was my point too yeah
0: maria <laughs> agrees with more, you michael
2: but more of her would have been great
0: <laughs> yeah we didn't need a clara cameo we needed a full clara episode that's what marie oh, said
2: absolutely <laughs> to summarize michael says meh which interestingly are my initials Uh, And he gives us a rating of (laughs) 2.6 out of 5 glass death-obsessed alien librarian things photocopying people or something. And was that not actually Bill? Is Bill dead? I thought she was an alien ghost puddle person. (laughs) (laughs) Confused.com.
1: Amazing, Michael. Thank you.
0: Spectacular every
2: time you can follow Michael
0: online for more spectacularity in between his fantastic minis you can find him on Twitter at <laughs> no, cool. um, underscore underscore <laughs> thank you so much Michael so big who's next why next up we've got Daniel McGinley hello Daniel McGinley Daniel commences. The final story of Capaldi, and of New Who, before it changed... Sad face, and it's a multi-doctor one. Happy face. The interplay between one and twelve was delightful. I recall the episode ripping Hartnell to shreds, but it handled the inappropriate social mores reasonably respectfully.
1: Some thoughts says Daniel. Testimony can teleport anywhere in space and time, but needs a mechanical winch
2: to pick up the TARDIS.
3: Hmm.
2: <laughs> That's a super good <laughs> point. <laughs> 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 And Daniel totally thought it would be Susan in the chamber. Excellent rewrite. I feel like we also talked about Susan. Why? Like, is that a massive missed opportunity to get Susan back for the first Doctor?
1: When you have the first... Yeah, you're right. Yeah.
2: But of course, Moffat can't let a companion go. Susan was a companion. This is a great point. Mm. (laughs) Like, when you say you can talk to her one more time... And like, of all of the people it could possibly have been, like, as much as I love Bill, I don't know if Bill was the one I was expecting.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Daniel is similarly
0: exercised by the question of how will Rusty reattach his gun slash arm?
1: Magnets, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clutching in That's straws. That's the best answer
0: so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs>
1: uh, next point. Surely the Matrix is more powerful than the Dalek Hive
2: Mind. And the doctors acknowledge that the whole thing happened as they mucked up the timeline, but it's okay to drop Gattis off at a slightly different point in time. No, Question. it's not okay, Daniel. Well
0: picked up. Daniel says this is an awesome recreation of the 10th planet previously only seen in telesnaps.
1: And the World War I spoiler was poignant. Yes, agreed. Mm, it, yes. it really was.
2: And can we stop the irritating
0: Christmas musical cues, please? The previous Doctor's montage was total fan indulgence, but loved it! What a twist at the end there.
1: did <laughs> <laughs> not see that coming. The nerd in me wanted to see Latimer saving Hutchinson on the battlefield. In, in brackets, family of blood.
0: I've no uh, idea I,
1: why. I, ne- <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't have
0: remembered that, still don't. <laughs> <laughs> You've out-nerded us already, Daniel. You've, well barely, done. you've only been here five minutes. <laughs> You're
2: running the place. <laughs> and some great lines. You may be a doctor, but I am the doctor. I assumed I'd get younger. And a jolly good smacked bottom. Capaldi squeezes in two final brilliant monologues.
0: The Battlefield one had me in tears. And I love the regeneration speech. Obviously been prepared for some time as part was used in Hell Hellbent. Oh
1: so much jam and red string. Or self-cribbage. <laughs> yeah, also. <laughs> Next point, penultimate point was teased but could have done with at least one Hartnell. Hmm? yes absolutely yes uh thank you so much daniel mcginley i i feel like flappy doodles and i pointed this out in the previous review of this episode as well
2: too busy going all goggly eyed and finally when trying to review the actual story then you'll realize that there wasn't one but it looked great (laughs) and the chemistry and dialogue were excellent i don't let you go And Daniel gives us a mighty generous 4.2 out of 5. What a big heart. That is some awesome stuff.
1: Thank you so much, Daniel.
0: Yeah, fantastic to have an absolutely ginormously hearted reviewer on board. Yeah, Mm.
2: absolutely. Thank you so much, Daniel. Who's next? why it's
0: kieran evans me what up kieran hi kieran kieran begins hi folks hmm or should i say "Hmm?" (laughs) 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 so this one plot is sort of dull for me and so much fan service Nah, not for me Gaitis is the briggs grandad i roll also is this moffat recycling series six the tesselector is a very similar idea and i'm surprised river didn't pop up at the
1: end David Bradley was really good casting in An Adventure in Space and Time as William Hartnell, but one of my issues with this one is that he's playing it, to me at least, as him being Hartnell being the Doctor. Now, that's not quite the same, and comes across a bit weird. The classic gang will have, or will be soon, covering another First Doctor recreation, and I sort of prefer it in that one. That one doesn't do a Hartnell impression as such, and I just get it more. So this is probably
0: uh, re- written before we reviewed the five doctors
2: exactly yeah Kids. that's so way heard ahead of all. us yeah <laughs> nice one nice one also nah i strongly dislike the characterization to me moffat took every off comment from hartnell's run 134 episodes 29 serials and distilled them down to one hour it just doesn't feel right at, at all he wasn't that dismissive in his run. I just feel like the Doctor Regenerating in the Snow or the TARDIS at the end of the previous one is what I'd prefer. For me it just feels pointless, but not terrible. Two point five out of five.
0: Oh, that's not a terrible rating at all, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> But wait, does it get better? (laughs) Oh, wow. Kieran has added a postscript. Can I downrate my rating to 2.1? Having had a bit of time since reviewing, I think that fits my long-term feelings on the ep more. Of course you can,
2: (laughs) Kieran. Excellent, excellent rating. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you had it
0: right the first time, Kieran, but whatever.
1: So far, I'm really more on board with this Daniel McGinley chap and his ratings. (laughs) (laughs) That being
0: said, thank you very much, Kieran. (laughs) This needn't be the end for Kieran. You can find Kieran online. What? Yeah, it's true. Let me tell you. You can find him on the Tweety Bloops at KJ Evans (laughs) 2. Thanks, Kieran.
2: (laughs) Excellent review, Kieran. Who's next? Why,
0: next up, we have.
3: <laughs> New, New review.
1: Oh my goodness, it's Jethro Roos. Woo-hoo, Hello, Jethro. Hi, Jethro. Yeah. Welcome. Holy smoker, and Jethros, welcome aboard. Holy Jethro Roosies and
0: cheesecakes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jathro starts. Folks, finally plucked up the courage to submit a review. It goes thusly. Twice upon a time is bollocks. But Mm -hmm. it is glorious bollocks.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. (laughs) Capaldi's valedictory speech is possibly the greatest soliloquy in all of Doctor Who forever and ever. Amen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Great use of our men. (laughs) (laughs) Jethro concludes with a pat on the back for us. Delighted to have discovered us, and thanks for the awesomeness and keeping him sane and entertained during the last couple of interesting years.
1: Well, indeed, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Likewise. Jethro has provided a rating, namely, of 4.6. Ad anos, says Jethro, who adds... A P.S. that he hopes to be visiting, uh, quote, the other place at some point this year. Jethro, for people who don't know, aside from being a wrestling legend, runs a bar, uh, I believe, just outside of Cambridge. (gasps) Which I think, if he thinks about it, Jethro, if you think about it, Cambridge really is the other place.
0: (laughs) Right, because at first I thought he was going to die, and then I thought he might be talking about the classic channel. (laughs) This is the best option. (laughs) But do visit the Classic Channel as well. Oh, it looks like Daniel's got some competition in the ginormously hearted steaks department. Oh, thank Mm -hmm. goodness.
1: (laughs) Jethro, fantastic, Minnie. Thank you so much. Super duper chuffed to be traveling down this temporal road with you. People who are not Jethro. Where can they find him?
2: Why they just need to go to Twitter, I guess, and type in at Jethro underscore ruse.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. <laughs> 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 That's moose.
2: like,
0: <Bruce>, like Moose.
2: <laughs> like and uh, but...
1: check out his pub. I believe it's called The Plough.
2: Oh, just outside Cambridge, eh? Yeah. Well, I, I think we should take Hubeck
0: when on the road. I think so too.
1: Let's go to Cambridge. Thank you so much, uh, Jethro. Uh, we did receive one more mini as well, but we received it some um, X years ago, <laughs> like five years ago. Uh, Trenton Bless also sent in a mini review for this one, but we read it
0: in our
1: last review of this episode.
0: So the only so logical thing to do, yeah, is to listen to another hour and a half of Leon Re- reviewing this episode
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely
0: (laughs) okay so that about wraps it up for all the ratings what's
2: coming up next
0: excellent question marie what have we got in the classic channel
2: well obviously the next one is a magnificent episode it's called frontios I still haven't watched
1: it, by the way. cannot wait to watch it. It's meant to be shit. I cannot
2: (laughs) wait.
0: (laughs) Anyone want to join me for that one? Seriously? Do it. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be you and Jim. (laughs) And after that, it's going to be a bonus. (gasps) Leon, do enlighten everybody. Well, as we want to do,
1: we have just finished an entire Doctor's run, so it is time for a Doctor Retrospective. This time the Peter Capaldi retrospective.
0: And if people would like to write in with their own mini-retrospectives of Capaldi's entire run, please do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. List your faves, your worsts, your beefs, your likes, all that sort of thing. Same 250 words, but more diffuse than usual. <laughs>
1: <laughs> more all-encompassing. Yes, exactly. But that's the bonus episode. After that, I'm sure we're going to be uh, travelling onwards and upwards with more new-who. What's uh, what's in store for
0: us there? Well, first off, we're going to be traveling vertically downwards with the woman who fell to earth.
1: Pretty exciting. Another one that we've already reviewed. We did an instant reaction review of that one. And as I recall, we all absolutely loved the crap out of it. Yeah.
0: And Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so do any audio reviews on the horizon? <laughs> Probably not. But if we were to do one, it would be the reaping. Definitely. Until then, where can we be found online? Marie? Well, I could be found on
2: Instagram at Hamat Ooh. and Jelly. Wow, well, those are two, three, of three of my favorite, favorite things. things.
1: <laughs> I nearly got the number wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> Leon, how about you? Oh, that's very kind of you to ask. I can be found at PONKEN, P-O-N-K-E-N. High five me online. I will high five you right back, podcast land. Yep, or oh,
0: within a week anyway. And I can Ish. be found at Drew Back When. <laughs> excellent branding thank you so much (laughs) and thank you so much podcast land if you've made it this far good on you that's it be rad and excellent to each other in 2022 oh my goodness until the next time chao laugh hard run fast be kind and rock on
2: oh that's nice um just have a Marie, we've year. left you
0: we've left you don't eat pears and no. children no. can
3: hear no. Only children pears. can hear my children.
2: name no don't make me say it oh my god do eat pears exclusively they're really good for you and dead tasty and have a have a fab year everyone goodbye for now toodles dollars. ta
1: like us on Facebook that's facebook.com slash who back when all in one word are you into Twitter awesome high five us online and we'll high five you right
0: back you guessed it we're at who back when all in one word check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other hoovian goodness watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube that's who back slash YouTube
1: vote us up on Reddit listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website who where you can submit a review of your own browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens monsters